we're all ash from Pokemon. We've got to collect them all. Like in the snake hobby, it's like there's a new color. I need that. Welcome to From the Ground Up, where we talk to reptile keepers and breeders about all things cold-blooded. Sit back and have a beer with us. Well, some of you are driving. If you're driving, keep your hands tended to and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to From the Ground Up podcast. So I finally got the bioactive substrate on the website. It is called BioStrate. It is available now, and it has just a few more elements from the that separates it from the IsoStrate, and I've been using it recently. Um, what I actually started, my first full enclosure, um, at least with the geckos with this, is going to be a new animal that I just got today. And I guess I might as well tell you guys what it is. So Chris Painshob sent me a Lichianus gecko. So I'm really, really pumped to finally have a Lichianus and have uh, the largest gecko species in the world, which is super exciting. And uh, so far, it's been a little bit different of experience than the, than the gargs and the cresses just getting them out. You know, they all act a little bit different. And it's really, really fun to see. And I can't wait until this thing is large. And I hope it's, I hope it's calm because uh, I would love to have a nice, calm, big lychee. But anyway, that's that's really enough about me and everything going on here. Also, uh, Eastern Black King Snakes came out, but I guess I could talk about that later because I have two guests on. You know them. I've had them on separately. You have heard them on the Reptile Gumbo podcast. James Lewis of Simply Serpents and April Justine of Designer Exotics. How are you guys doing? What's up? So you guys have, have both been on here separately, and I think most mm-hmm. people by this point hopefully know that, James, you work – uh, primarily, at least at the moment, with boas, and April is primarily with uh, blood pythons. So, you guys said that you guys are still in the middle of of breeding season right now. James, what do you have going on? I am waiting on two female samboas to drop. I've had two litters already, and they were big. They were like, I think it was twenty five and twenty four in each of those litters, and then I have two more litters coming that are probably going to be close to the same. So, a lot of baby rack space for itty bitty worms. Is there any project in particular that uh, that those are involved in? This year was just kind of getting numbers because last year I had bred uh, Colombian boas. And for some reason, every show, people still come up and we were like, hey, do you have any sand boas for sale? And I had, I mean, they had no clue that I owned sand boas. I was like, no, I didn't have any at the time. So the plan was to make sure from this point on, if anybody asks if I have sand boas for sale, I will have sand boas for sale. Uh, so I produced just a whole bunch of head anneries and anneries. And then next year, all of my projects should, if my males get the crap together, uh, should go off. And I'll have like striped paradox albinos and snows and regular albinos and snows. And it'll be fun. So no BCI action? This No, I had, I had the one female and uh, she had surgery this year. So hopefully by the end of the year, she'll be recovered from the surgery. And uh, I can try again with her. So I I I've kind of downsized my collection. It's mostly Samboas. And so I just had kind of the one BCI sun glow female and I had the one sun glow male. Um, but I am going to try and add a few more here and there. Was Are you that still surgery? looking for that fancy one? What? Like, was yeah, there not, a really fancy one that you were looking well, for? It's, it's not fancy. It's just, it's got to have the right criteria. I'm looking for a, if anybody <laughs> out there has a really good looking, uh, hypo jungle head call albino boa female, 
that's what I'm looking for because I've had one sun glow male that I held back and I want a really good looking female to go with it. So hmm. are you are you partial to call stuff over sharp stuff or yeah. Um so like I feel like the call stuff got shit on and everybody thought sharp was amazing. And it is, don't get me wrong, it is. And then VPI came along, and that's where everybody is at now. If you search on Morph Market, every other snake on there is VPI, uh, whatever. And so I my goal was to stick with call and make the best looking calls possible because everybody kind of thought they were shit snakes. And I think if you breed it to the right snake, they're really, really pretty. And uh, that's April call stack. Uh, sorry <laughs> Wait, so april are you traveling with your cat uh, yeah it's uh it's easier for me to just keep them in the hotel with me than it is to find someone to take care of them twice a day so you'll probably see them they'll make appearances <laughs> sorry yeah she so has no problem showing you her company, ball like did you tell them hey i'm gonna have to bring some cats with me I legitimately did. Not even kidding. I'm like, as long as I can go in the hotel where I can keep my animals, then that's where I'm at. So we're good. And who's keeping care of your reptiles? I have to go back. Well, have to. I go back every two weeks or every week and take care of them in in those stages. So there's a lot of work to do on the weekends. So when I do come home, I really have, you know, no life. Like I, you know, no downtime at all because I'm just... Cleaning snakes, you're rude, James. <laughs> and you know, taking care of my house and, and whatnot. So yeah, you own blood pythons. You own blood pythons. It's not like they really need a lot of attention. Honestly, though, blood pythons on cocoa fiber is very easy to take care of. So I, I can't complain too much. But then I have my retic and my berm who thrash the whole cage. So that's another story. Yeah. Retic yeah. So I guess to to fill people in, you're doing job training. Um, yes. How, about yes. how far away are you from home? About two hours. So if okay, I really need to go home, I can. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm guessing you have like roommates who are like, if something's on fire, they'll know. Legitimately, I do not. But I have cameras. Oh, okay. So hopefully I'll find out. <laughs> and I do have good neighbors. So fingers crossed, nothing happens. But yeah, that's it's interesting trying to take care of a decent collection, especially with eggs that are going to be hatching any day. Like they're just going to have to chill in the incubator till I get home. Like my old roommate's coming home this weekend, so she'll check them and I might have to come home, but it'll, we'll see how this goes. It'll be interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. I guess maybe that helps you kind of, I don't know, go beyond things that you can't control and maybe not overthink things. Yeah. Cause I'm like, okay, if, if they pip while I'm gone, so be it. It's warm in the incubator. They don't eat at first anyway. You know, if they're touching each other, it'll calm them down faster. So I mean, I, I I can't do anything about it, so I'm not really going to stress about it. And when are you going to be done with this uh, work training? Oh gosh, till like October, November. It's going to be a really long time. Oh, yeah. So that's yeah. That's yeah. Your... This is going to be my life for a while. So it's interesting. Any uh, any products in particular that are hatching out now that you're excited about? Um, I have a striped Borneo pairing that should be going. That's the one, the the eggs that went moldy on me. So half the clutch, more than half the clutch actually went moldy uh, and gross and went bad. And then I have five eggs that 
those ones are hatching literally any day. I could come home and have those babies. So I'm excited about that. Well, I'm excited about all of them. Um, and then in another maybe three weeks is when I have my uh, possible T negative golden eye clutch. And then another three re- weeks from that, I have my Sumatran short tails that should be hatching. So altogether, I have 28 eggs. So we'll see how many babies I get out of that. Nice. Is this Would this be your first time breeding Sumatrans? Uh, successfully, yes. Uh, well, I bred them last year and I had mold, a bad mold issue last year as well. So I finally got that in control, but I had, I think 12 eggs and one of them hatched, but it never thrived. And so it died probably about three months in without having any meal at all. So it lasted a good while, but I couldn't get it to eat. So technically I've bred them, but nothing, you know, is still living from that. Right. And now, James, you said a bunch of your projects are coming up. So what does that mean uh, besides Samboas? That's mainly where all my focus is. Well, it's it's multiple Samboas. I'm raising up rough-scale Samboas, Indian Samboas. And I think I'm going to have to get into Calabar's burrowing pythons because of uh, Travis Wyman. Asshole. He posted yeah, this. Yeah, I did, I did see that. Yeah. I, I'm... I'm, I'm I'm always like anti, I'm not anti imports. I'm anti imports in my collection just cause I don't want to deal with it. But I, I think to get those, I'm going to have to deal with imports and it's all Travis's fault. Cause I was perfectly fine when like no one I knew had them, but then he sent me a picture as soon as he got them. And I'm like, well, damn it. Now I've got to get them. So that's probably my next project is, is those burrowing pythons that look weird as hell, which aren't pythons. Yeah, I was going to say they are, are they technically in, but they give live birth? They No, they lay eggs. They they were clumped in with, I think, Sambo was at one point, and then now they've got their own, like, genus and species and their own thing. Uh, yeah, they're a weird snake. They're their own weird snake. Because there's, and there's also Sambos who lay eggs, right? Yeah, there's the Saharan Samboas, which look a lot like Kenyans. Uh, and you'll see them a lot on like importers and resellers tables. You'll see like one lone uh, one because they get imported a lot. And But they lay a weird egg. The egg hatches in like 14 days. So it's not a full incubation like with pythons and corn snakes and all. It's 14 days and it's an egg that can dehydrate really quick. It's, it doesn't look like a fully formed egg, uh, which I want to get some of those at some point too. I think I'm probably going to have to get imports for those too because there's not a ton of people breeding them. Imports are hard. I know I got to worry about mites and then I got to like worry about worms and just... mine came with tongue worms. One of them came That's with don't, don't talk about that shit again. That's stuff, man. <laughs> Wait, tongue worms. Don't ask her. No yeah, one out there. Look at the picture. Don't, Every, don't... Everyone needs to know this. Actually. Oh God, They're uh, horrifying. Yeah. And uh, mammals are an intermediate uh, host for them. So I could have, Yikes. I could be full of eggs and not yeah. even know. Yeah. And when you do uh, research on it too, people don't know until like they, they die and have an autopsy and they'll die from other reasons, not because of this parasite, but to, to be clear, you won't know about it until you're dead. <laughs> yeah, you won't know about it till you did, <laughs> but yeah, wake up dead one day. Yeah. So I have to do, you know, do them last, do them separate from everyone else. It's fun stuff. Well, I think this is good to know because out of all the things I've heard that can come from getting imports, that isn't necessarily one of them. And it's good to know. <laughs> 
Yep. Yep. I was like, oh, I'll get a fecal just to, you know, just check and make sure everything's fine. I'm sure it's great. And then the vet was like, you need to come here now. I'm like, oh God, what happened? He's like, you have to wear gloves. You have to, you know, and went through all this kind of stuff. I'm like, oh man, he really scared me about it. Wait, so, so which animal was this? These are my beak snakes. The one that's um, the one I think got she actually ended up. Yeah, I think she actually, um, the one that got the fecal done, she died and had an enlarged heart. And so these mm. these worms actually live in their lungs and they cough up the eggs. Um, and then oh, other boy. animals will eat the eggs and then poop it out. And then it goes back into the snake. That's kind of their life cycle. It's, it's really quite nasty. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think that my, my bigger female died from it because uh, we gave them injectable ivermectin because the doctor's like, it's either that or it's taking a scope going down their throat and actually manually pulling them all out. And I was like, we'll do the ivermectin. So that's what you we did. You would have to and, manually pull out the uh huh. You'd worms? have to like take a scope down. Yep. Mm-hmm, and pull them out. No, I don't like any of my animals enough to do that. <laughs> well, I didn't do that. I did the ivermectin instead. So that's, that's the, the route we took. And would they but still I, need to come out in one way or another? They, I mean, the like, body would, would if, they, or... if they died, the body would end up, you know, decomposing it. But that was another potential issue. If they had too many in there and the ivermectin killed them all, then it could potentially kill my snake because the snake would go septic with this rotting, you know, parasite mm. in it. So fun stuff, you know, things maybe, you don't think about. Maybe I won't get imports. Maybe right? I'll just wait till Travis produces them. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's always the best really is to get the next level. But I mean, there's got to be, you know, that those F1 animals. But I know that I got to do the work. At one point, there were captive hatched Calabars by the same people that import them. They obviously imported a, a gravid female and then hatched the babies. Uh, but they don't have any more of those. Those have been the ones I would have wanted. Yeah, and then I guess it's, it's kind of hard. Uh, you see a lot of young captive hatch animals, but I guess you can't. You never really know. And yeah. then if it's kept with other animals, then it's a crapshoot anyway. Yeah. So what kind of, what made you, April, I mean, get into beak snakes or be willing to take on this challenge randomly? Uh, when I lived in California, uh, my friend Aaron had them. And he would bring them to the shows. And they were just so interesting. Um, he basically called them like snakes that were on crack because they, they do this weird thing with their head and they'll post like this, but then they'll just like take off. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really neat. They're really, really cool animals. And I just love the, the body shape of them and how long their tails are. Like their vent is like a foot away from the end of their tail. It's, it's so crazy to me. Um, and then compared to my short tails, it's like the exact opposite in, in everything, uh, I just thought they were really, really neat. And I was like, you know what? No one's really doing anything with this animal. So let me go ahead and try. Um, I ended up having, I've, I've cared for all three of the, the complex or the, the three different species. Um, but then uh, Howard Redding, he works with the ones with the redhead. So I'm like, you know what? I have this lone redhead. I gave it to him. So he has that one now. And then uh, I ended up just having the lone one, the ones that have the, the black on their eyes here. I had a lone one, so I ended up just selling that. I'm like, you know, I'm going to do the, the ones that are plain, you know, quote unquote plain. I think they're so beautiful, but they're all the same color. Uh, no redhead, none of the black markings or anything. And that's what I decided to go with. But I've had five of them in my possession and now only have two uh, because all of them are wild caught and had, you know, different issues. 
like I said, one had a skin disease. It went into its first shed cycle. And as it was shedding, like all of its skin was coming off, like sheathing off. It was disgusting. Mm. Um, and that was not savable. Yeah. I, I tried to put the, um, the Silverdyne, is that what it's called? Like the white cream Silver, solution? Yeah, Silverdyne. Yeah. yeah, I put that on it, um, and that did not help. It helped. It, I mean, it was alive for a little bit, but that was very traumatic for a snake. I mean, like I said, it lost most of its skin because of that. I talked to my vet, and he said, you know, it probably came over with a, a skin infection, and there was nothing you could have done. You wouldn't have known. So, you know, different little things, I guess, right? <laughs> so, I guess, I mean, you got to be willing to get a real group of these animals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now I only have two and I'm actually going to send in their sheds to get them sexed because they're very difficult to sex um, and see if I have a pair or not. Because if I don't have a pair, um, I might end up, you know, giving them to someone else who has more animals and then can actually do something with the species. Uh, because I would love to be able to buy them, you know, captive, born and bred and all that. Uh, but right now that's not really uh, so much of a thing. A couple of different people are working with them, a good handful, but I haven't really seen any that are for sale or any that are producing that I've heard of. So if you've heard of anyone being successful, let me know. Are they natural amphibian eaters? Um, you know, from pictures I've seen of them in the wild, this is just some random pictures. Uh, they were eating mammals. They were in the burrows of the little mammals and eating mammals. So that's my guess. But then I was also told to vary their diet. So and I don't have the ability right now to do that. Um, I'm going to try with Reptilinks and see if I can do it that way. But they've been eating basically only live. I've tried to switch them over and it's very hit or miss with that. So I'll give it a shot. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I feel like people always say that the imported animals that have the most parasites and issues are typically ones that eat amphibians. But I didn't know how true that was. I'll, I'll look into it more and let you know. Yeah, I guess at least people say that with a lot of the, Oops, uh, the Indo uh, colubrids <laughs> and everything like that. Yeah, what makes you get those hairless cats? Uh, what They're really cool. Those? <laughs> I've, I, okay, the story behind the hairless cats. <laughs> uh, when I was in third grade, this she is a long time sack. ago, when I was eight years old, no. Um, I had a teacher at my elementary school when we had open house she was an art teacher. She wasn't even my teacher, but she would bring all of these cats because she bred and, sh and showed. Yeah, she she truly was like an older lady with like a crap ton of cats. Um, and she had the ones that had the wavy hair on them, which are uh, the Devon Rex. That's what they're called. And then the Sphinx, which were totally hairless. And they just acted so different from normal cats. And they felt really soft and they were really cool and affectionate and wanted to play. And, you know, most cats are like F you and walk away and do their own thing. These ones actually want to interact with you. Um, and I just fell in love with them. So every time we'd have an open house, I would go to the art teacher so I could check out our cats. And since then, I was like, I'm going to get one. So what you're saying so is in elementary school, space. you played with your art teacher's ball sack. Yes. Okay. All 10 of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> Feel well, free to clip that for the intro of, of your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you guys doing now as far as, a, can we talk a little bit about the Reptile Gumbo podcast and kind of, uh, I know you guys set it up a bit differently than say just this podcast, which is just normal conversation, but uh, it's, it's a fun and different format that you guys are doing. Yeah, I... Uh... When I started the podcast, the whole goal was to not 
be and it's not a negative thing, but not to be like you or NPR or THP because all of y'all were doing really well and I didn't want to be interview based. I didn't. I mean, I felt like if I did that, I was going to end up interviewing the exact same people y'all interviewed. And I mean, look, just looking at the chat alone over here on the side, we have the same listeners. I mean, those are all the same people that comment on our Facebook page. Uh, so I was like, you know what? Like a weekend review type podcast would be cool. Something about the hobby, aim more at. Uh, issues going on currently or issues that we all face in the hobby. And, uh, you know, I started it with Carly and I love Carly death. She did great. Um, and it just, it didn't work for her schedule and April came on and April has been great since we started this and it's been going, uh, we just did our 22nd episode yesterday. We get kind of got off schedule cause I've been moving into a new house and all, but yeah, we're 22 episodes in and it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. It's like pretty much my favorite part of the week. I get to sit down and just talk reptiles for two hours. And make fun of April's ball sacks. Yep. And I take it. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, April kind of came in. She was one of our guests at one point, And then she filled in uh, one week when Carly couldn't. And then it just kind of felt natural throwing her in as the next co-host. And I really wanted a, a feel. Well, I really wanted a female co-host because there, there's not many out there. I needed somebody with kind of, it's definitely a different mentality than myself. And, uh, it's worked out well. Mm-hmm. I think April enjoys it. If not, she lies a lot. And <laughs> that works too. I don't really care. I do enjoy it. I do. Yeah. It's it's a fun time because, you know, we get the interviews. And honestly, what the hardest part of it is finding people to come on the podcast that not everyone else has already, you know, interviewed or anything like that. Because we listen to someone else's podcast. We're like, oh, yeah, we should get that person. But it's like. They were just on a podcast. We need yeah. to wait a little bit. So who else can we get it instead? So it's interesting well, how, it, how that all works in the background. It's also trickier for us because there's tons of like breeders out there that I would love to interview. And and when you find a breeder, you can ask them tons of questions about what they're doing and they'll have no problem telling you about that. But that's not what our podcast is. Like mm-hmm. I want to talk about this YouTube video I saw last week and why I think it's ridiculous. And I need the co-host to be able to also talk about it and give their opinions. And not everybody can kind of do that. And that's kind of been the hardest part, but so far we've done really well. We've got some really great guests on. Um, like we talked about Travis earlier, Travis was on there. That was a really awesome episode. Um, but it's always fun to have him on, come on anywhere and talk about genetics and stuff. We talked about, you know, bug eyed snakes and that was a really cool conversation. Yeah. And I yeah, mean, Travis yeah, is oh. someone who I just love talking to in general, or you just say something random and he knows about it and will go in much more depth than you could ever imagine. Be like, you know, kind of like how we, we were just bullshitting on our last podcast with us. And then Travis pretty much uh, put it into a group <laughs> message and is like, here's, you know, like here's everything. all the answers to your questions. Yep. It's like a rundown of like four or five things we discussed. He goes, here's all the answers as to why it is that way. He's the on-call <laughs> geneticist for us. You're like, thanks. Yeah, I wish he could pop up in the little corner Jeez, or something and, and correct us sometimes. That would be an awesome little add-on. <laughs> just Travis's face pop up in the corner and tell you what you were wrong about. Right? It's like, how many times do we misspeak and when we're doing we're like, I think it's this, but then it's really not at all. Especially like Travis coming in, like, push his glasses up. Excuse me. I know, right? <laughs> oh. Yeah, and that's something to where I've never, like, gone back and you know, said, Hey, I was, I said this and this on that podcast. I just let it lie. And then I learned from there on out, you know, maybe, I don't know for the, for the listeners benefit, there needs to be a pop-up Travis. Yes. 
Hey, so Cox said, talk about having Joe on three different times. We've only had Joe on twice. Thank you very much. <laughs> Joe will be on every 20 episodes. I, I decided every 20 episodes, I'm just going to bring Joe on. Yeah, that's fine. Cox and then you can... that he's only been on once. Well, I think, I think you guys also, the, the part of your show or part of your show is just bringing in random things that happened. And for the most part, at least maybe you just pick them when it's me, but, um, you talk about things that are maybe a little bit more fun than just your average thing, like the porn star dying of frog in a frog poison. <laughs> see, r- see that comes. Or that comes from our listeners. That's one one of the things I really wanted with this podcast was to involve listeners. And so every week we make a post. You know, what did you see this week in the hobby or something related? And the the porn star poisoning the guy with frog venom was from it was an article from one of our listeners, which is still one of like my favorite articles I've seen. It's one of the best headlines ever. That it is. And, and then so we, cool. I also enjoy our questions. Each week we ask a question, and that's always fun. John o. Justin's listening right now. Uh, he stole my question earlier this week on his last podcast. So I'm just going to throw that uh, out there. That's just a call out. Just a quick call out. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, talking about current events, though, um, seems as though the Florida Tegu and Iguana ban is going through. Oof. Yeah, I got an email from Florida. Mm-hmm. I guess at some point I got on the Florida Fish and Wildlife email list and I got an email today about that whole process and that they're going to, you have to apply to be grandfathered in, you can no longer own them. And it's just, that stuff everywhere is ridiculous. I get it. I get the point of it. But I mean, come on. There's, there's tons of people in Florida who live there so they can own tegus and iguanas. And now you're going to make the criminals out of them because a few bad people who still won't listen to your damn law, uh, you know, let them loose. Some of them were criminals to begin with, uh, Florida people. Um, but anyway, here we are. Uh, and I, I know so many people that's a, that is a big part of their living is, uh, things like that. But Once I got the, the animal, the animals are an issue there. And I don't know, that's a tough call. I hate to say anything. I don't know. I just the problem, and we've talked about it before. The problem I have with all these laws is that the laws aren't made for the people breaking the law. The the, the laws are going to affect the people that are the ones that are following the like. You know, if they outlaw big snakes wherever, it's not going to stop people from owning big snakes. The people that were going to own them no matter what, and then didn't care about laws, are going to own them. The people that are going to let them go, are going to let them go. But the keepers that we know, the people that keep big snakes, like April, who has retakes and berms, keeping them properly, that's who was going to punish. And they didn't do anything wrong. Well, I think kind of a uniquely Florida issue with, say, iguanas and tegus is that everyone's keeping them outside. And there's only so much prevention you can take to keep those animals in. And, I mean, you talk to, I'll just be frank about it, you, you talk to anyone who's, been around some of the larger facilities down there uh look in the woods around their property uh yeah. there's animals hanging out so well darren brings up a good thing you know what happens to ty park ty park's building that whole new area down there and a big part of his collection is you know iguanas or tegus and stuff i just, hopefully he'll find some way to be able to get in there but once those animals die i don't know if they'll be able to get any more because is it just green iguanas or is it also like cyclora and tinosaur and that i don't know i know the tegus it was like all of them everything in in the genus there were two genuses they had listed i can check my email because i still have it yeah i know because i tried to bring it up and i 
I didn't find any type of post saying that so it's, it's just gone greens officially. Okay. So it's gone through Tegu's. It's a uh, the genus Salvatore, and I'm gonna screw this one up. Tupinabis, Tupinabis. Sure. Yeah, and then uh, for iguanas, it's just greens. Iguana, iguana. Um, until someone else decides that rock iguanas are dangerous, and they throw them on the list. Well, I think that they pose a particular space in conservation in the hobby, at least as far as a kind of a positive story of captive breeding in which there was almost zero available. And now there's, you know, seemingly very many. Well, what kills me with all of this is that these laws get passed because according to the people making all laws, our animals are dangerous to people and the environment. But no one has passed a law to outlaw feral cats or outside cats, which pose a far greater risk to environment and native wildlife than an iguana. But they're not going to well, do it because they're cute and fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would hate to say, though, that one has to exclude the other or vice versa or like that one problem is where because they're both issues. They are. I think we, we both need to face... But I mean, yeah, no one's gonna mess with the cats, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, I just, I don't know. I just, but it, it doesn't make tegus less of an issue because they can, you know, eat the eggs of all these native reptiles and, you know, whatever else. It just sucks for anybody that's properly keeping them that they no longer, yeah, of course, get to do it again. You know, once that animal they have right now dies, that's the last one they get to own in in Florida. And there's something going on in Louisiana too, right? Uh there was they were trying to i can't remember now what it is it 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 kind of just like disappeared and no one said anything we talked about at one point on the podcast april you had brought it up yeah i I can't remember the details of it i can't remember what it was um i can tell you right now you can't sell morelia in the state without a license that's 100 you know that james i'm just saying they'll give you a ticket they'll show up and raid your house (laughs) and give you a ticket if you sell one fucking morelia (laughs) at a reptile expo not knowing that you can't sell it because who the hell puts diamond pythons and jungles on a list of shit you can't sell in your state? Yeah, man, that's random. Yeah, that that when when they pulled it up because I knew, I knew that like native wildlife was on there and venomous and, I, and at one point like the bigger constrictors were on there, but come on, diamond pythons? How's that on the list of things? It's like a five foot python. It's a, so it's a really big I'm- king snake. So I'm showing right now, at least I, I went to Louisiana snake laws and it said that like Apodora, uh, yeah. the olive python, like then they actually named these specifically. Yes. I'm kind of surprised about them species. Well, and one thing that, uh, <laughs> one thing that helps me out is they put boa constrictor on there and they have now since reclassified boa imperator to just being boa imperator. So I'm like, I'm legal there. My, my guys aren't on that list technically because they just have boa constrictor. So that's the only thing because they're like, make sure you get your, your permit. I'm thinking for what I sold the one snake that was a friend's snake from like 15 years ago. I just didn't want anymore. Like, I don't need a permit. I already sold the snake. It's done. So you just need a permit. You can keep them. Um, you can, you can keep people them. who are buying. Do they need some type of permit as well? No, you can, you can not have to have permit to keep them. You just have a, it's like the same license basically to sell fish, like at a fish market. It's that license uh, to be able to sell those species of snakes that you saw on that list. So Laura Windserpent's 
had an interesting comment. She said, like, uh, she wonders at what point will Florida reptile keepers start moving north, which is weird because a lot of them, you know, say the Bells, they're from Michigan, I believe. Um, People are going to move to Texas. Mm, yeah. I think that probably, I mean, that will be a hub for all exotic animals. I mean, they're pretty, they're pretty open. Oh, there's somewhere. Who was it? It was on your podcast or on NPR at one point. Someone lived somewhere where you couldn't own Morelia in a certain county in Texas. Um, yes. Yes. I know of someone who lives in a county like that. That's. I just think that's a weird species to put on a list of things you can't own. I still think Apodora is a weird one. No, it was. Uh, I believe it was all pythons. I think it was just like people that, you know, the people who think that all pythons are berms basically. So they're like no pythons in the, cause they're all giants in the city. Yeah. It's, it was just like a weird ignorant thing that passes because people don't know any better in a small city. You just want to show up to them to like that meeting when they're making that law with like a Stimson's a full grown Stimson's go, are you afraid of this? Which they probably are. They probably are. Look, I, we yeah, also I mean, it probably side. makes no difference. April so is that a particular type of hairless cat? She's a, the she's, she's a calico. One? Yeah, she's okay. a, like how you have regular calicos. That's what she is. <laughs> she, she's expensive is what she is. Yeah, she is. How expensive. much does it, how much does a regular hairless cat cost? And how much does one like that cost? Uh, they're about the same. If you get them fixed, they're about 1300 a piece. If you want them uh, and still intact where you can breed them yourself, they're going to be more expensive. So. She's a little fatty, fat belly. Are there like Here, super showing, high? I'm end showing you cats? titties. It's titties. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Making <man>. cat titties. <laughs> this is going downhill quickly. It's like our conversation. Well, we talked about animal penises last night, so it's it seems to go there pretty often. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That was that that was April's fault. She started talking about last night in our and you know people can listen because I'm gonna release it later today. Uh, but in our conversation with Chris Salemi, neither one of us were talking about genitalia. And out of <laughs> nowhere, <laughs> unprompted. You're April's making like, me blush. Like I'm getting so red right now. <laughs> just penises out of nowhere. So oh. Well, you you've seen that you've seen that meme, right? Where it's like someone having normal conversation, me talking about how snakes have two penises. Yes. That's basically what it was. I'm like, have you guys seen duck penis? That's crazy. I don't know where. <laughs> oh, they, they are like, they're corkscrews, they're corkscrews right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're crazy. Right, See, and, now we, and now we've brought duck penises over to your podcast. So I mean, it is important, though. People need to know this stuff. <laughs> duck penises matter. I'm going to, uh, well, I thought about sharing a picture, but now it's just a dead duck with it. That's yeah. kind of sad. Yeah. A dead duck with a penis hanging out? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you can you can use your imagination. <laughs> you can imagine man. a duck's penis. Just think real hard about a duck's penis right now. Everyone out there, picture there penises. I found a live duck. A live duck <laughs> penis. See. But then I see the dead one on the side. It's not You're not oh, really yeah. helping the situation. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> Look at the thrust of his Jesus. last thrust. That's I mean... It. At least he died happy. That's. I mean, that thing is longer than he is. Mm-hmm. That's that's, that's impressive. 
Yeah. Here's a bunch of measured ones in case you were interested. <laughs> now they're just giving them complexes. The duck on the left's like, yeah, I get it, guys. Mine was short. What is this? <laughs> I don't don't make fun of him. He can't help it. He was born with it. It's not is this oh a claw gosh. on the end of it or? Oh, word. My oh. word. I don't know. I have no clue. It looks like it. If it's still a duck, I don't know. <laughs> There's there's some crazy peens in this world. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just when you thought you'd seen them all, you know. April's on Tinder. She's seen a lot of them. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, Ryan so, Cox, that's some impressive length. I'm glad Duck appreciates your your uh, enjoyment of its penis. Yes. Yes. So anyway, Riley's trying to figure out. Yes, Riley, we're talking about duck penises. (laughs) You've come to the right podcast if duck Uh, penises are what interests you. I'm like, yes, I derailed him again. (laughs) Riley should be no stranger to duck penises. Yes, and being a hooligan on podcast for, you know, we had a four hour, which is one of our top downloaded podcasts. I think it's like literally number two or three is me, Riley, and Andy. For four hours, the last two of which were just who knows. A shit show. Dallas said he thought it was a family friendly show. There's no way you thought the three of us were a family friendly show. That is weird though. Yeah. I've tried to reel it in as far as like uh either you know stop cursing or make it more friendly for everyone. But it yeah. with you guys or yeah, it's, it's not national geographic stuff. That is true. <laughs> it is <laughs> <laughs> we're we, teaching here we did ask on our podcast that if anybody has any interesting penis pictures of animal penises not your penis to send them to april <laughs> april just can't get enough of weird animal penises i, got I mean would you picture. not be if you had a listener with a very very weird penis no no, no not I human mean, we don't want human penises we only if they got a double penis, then I'll take that. That's picture. what I'm saying. Like, you know, there's, there's levels to this. I didn't, know the, I didn't know the rules. Apparently, if you have a really, really weird human penis, you're on the list of weird animal penises. It's like the Howard Stern whack pack, except you can have like whack peens and be, you know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. You got to have a listener with a micro or a corkscrew or two of them or something. Yeah. James is so disgusted. <laughs> just two two podcasts, and now we're talking about penises again. Well, it started with hemipenes. No, it didn't. It started with no, duck penises. No, it started with duck penises. It was you and duck yeah. penises. It's okay, but you know, back to breeding with uh, reptiles. <laughs> <laughs> so, anywho, yeah, so. back to, back to our podcast, Joe. Yes, we need to know how the springtails in the eggs are doing. Yes. Oh, di- I already, I already updated. Yeah, I already. Well, I guess I updated everyone, but but Katie had asked, you know, what's on the going podcast. On. Yeah, and I was like, did yeah, Katie ask you? I, okay. I forgot. I forgot to put them in there, and then I was like, I'm going to do them now, and then I didn't, and then uh, I'm going to do them tonight. <laughs> Someone out there with eggs, please throw <laughs> springtails in there and see how it goes. <laughs> I have so many springtails. It's just it just hasn't happened. Uh, I'm going to do it though. Especially if you have moldy eggs, just pour springtails. And I've in. let. Um, I had a clutch that I've had a few eggs completely mold over and I haven't touched them mm-hmm. on purpose just to see what happened and nothing spread to the other eggs or anything like that. So it's not even like, uh, seems as though the mold is not something I'm completely worried about. Uh, seems as though if eggs are going to be good, they're going to be good. 
but I'm sure there's situations where that isn't true at the same time. I'm not worried about eggs at all. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's one thing. Weird egg people. Yeah. Also, you come into a whole mess of weird smells and disgusting bodily fluids and then nasty little worms. The Samboas actually like there's like no fluid when the Samboas. We uh, figured that out on I think it was Snakes and Stogies. We figured out and I'd never realized it. That difference between like my Samboas give birth and like my Boa constrictors give birth is uh, it's actually two different types of birth, two different types of live birth. I didn't realize there were two different because I just never put two and two together. But like when Boas give birth, it's gooey. There's a big old pile of goo and mess and it looks gross. It doesn't smell horrible, but it definitely looks gross. When Samboas give birth, though, they're actually hatching inside the mom and then coming out. So there's no, like, birth that comes out with the snakes. There's no big piles of goo and all that stuff. So, what the hell is Ryan Cox messaging? I'm afraid there's dick pics here. (laughs) Ryan, that's not a whale's tongue that you're just going to have extra. I'm afraid to look. <laughs> Ryan Cox sent, sent us all a group picture of a whale's penis. Yes, Riley Jimson Riley said rainbow boa birth is messy. Yeah, it's like boa construction. Is it smelly say. though? Is it smelly? I, it doesn't really smell that much to me. It's definitely no it's definitely not worse than like a big turd. Like when a rainbow boa, boa is smelly, Riley, you can tell us. I had my, my, I feel like some people have like they've Open the door to their snake room type of thing and just know. My boas didn't smell bad. My boas didn't. No, I mean, look, a, a fresh turd out of a boa is definitely worse than babies out of a boa. I'll take babies. <laughs> really? Riley said they're not smelly, so. Yeah, he says he does a full. I do a full clean, also. Just you want to get rid of that smell, I and mean, there's, there's a lot of goo. There's a lot of substance to a boa birth. Um, <laughs> That's just I don't know. I, it's. But it's fun. It's cool that you can forget it, right? You pair them up and just totally forget them. I think that's pretty neat, you know, especially with all the issues that I've had with my eggs moving from California to Memphis. I was not used to the weather change there, which basically was from 10% humidity to like I had 86% humidity last week. So it's crazy difference. Um, So I don't know if maybe that was the issue, but, you know, I've thought "Hmm, maybe boas, you know, don't have to worry about them. It is easier. But then I was like, nah, whatever. But if you've, I don't know what I'm thinking. If you've ever had like that, say an egg hatches really early or you have a whole bunch of a clutch out, but you leave the eggs in there. It seems like the eggs start to smell rather ba- bad and attract flies rather quickly. So I can yeah. imagine that if you didn't do a full clean after a boa birth, it would be pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, you've got to. It's... I can't under <laughs> under explain how much goo there is when a boa gives birth. Like I said it's a completely different one like Sambo. Sambo is there's there's nothing. It's there's a little bit of blood on like some of the bedding and it's a little wet. You can always tell when they've given birth because we walk in, the tub is covered in moisture and you can tell I'm gonna open this up and there's gonna be babies. But it doesn't have all the goo of a normal boa. So I was told that you actually eat the afterbirth. Um, <laughs> just to <laughs> No, Justin. Hey, man, that's that's what the chat says. I, I just listen oh, to that. God, I, I just it grosses me out just because I've I've touched it. It's gross. I can't imagine. Oh, you put in a smoothie with strawberries. You can't look. I'll save the next one for you. <laughs> no, and I'll make you a smoothie. You come down here. I'll make you a smoothie. Oh, no, thank God. you. <laughs> that sounds horrible. 
I mean, there, that's always a thing, right? Between reptile breeders is like trying to eat a slug. What do you think? Uh, you think a oh. boa infertile would be any worse? Whoa. Do it. Yeah. Do no. it. You can put it. that thing right in a frying pan. That sounds no. so disgusting. It's like a chunk of squishy amber. It's weird if you've ever seen an infertile boa ovum. They, uh, but when they dry, like I, one of my sambos this past uh, season, uh, I, I thought was pregnant and apparently was i didn't catch when she she'd laid like three infertile ovums and i missed them they were small and they dried up when i found them they were cracking and falling apart but it was like finding amber it's like it's this yellow orange color um she never had babies she just had these three little infertile ovums and that was it um they're weird like it's it's different than an egg though because like if something lays an egg and it sits there and goes bad you're gonna smell it but these little things i mean there was no smell to them they dried up pretty quick have you had females eat them I actually caught the female, the last female I gave birth. I interrupted her. So I don't know how many she really had. There were 20, I'm trying to remember, 24 live and three or four stillborn. I think four stillborns. Um, and I caught her in mid swallow of a stillborn when I opened the tub and it freaked her out. She threw it up. Uh, but had I not, and I don't know if she ate any more before I even got there, she may have eaten one or two before I ever got there. But yeah, they'll eat the stillborns. There's some cool videos around if you find boas or any snakes that give live birth. You'll see uh, like the moms will go around and they'll nudge the babies with their nose to see if they move. Um, I've seen ones where the mom goes to like bite and then it moves and freaks her out. And she kind of keeps going on. Um, but it's a good source of food, of energy and all since you just how much you lose in giving birth. Yeah, I mean, it makes a ton of sense. It's very know. efficient. I guess egg layer, egg laying snakes don't really. Dude, they don't eat the bad ones. The bad ones just sit there and rot, right? Unless they're hognose, and then they'll eat the infertiles for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. That's true. Although hognoses, they, they're also, you can feed them eggs. Like, you can feed them boiled egg. They're, they either never eat or are so stupid that they have zero, you know, they, they don't know what's what and they'll eat anything. Like, you know, you've seen those pictures of, like, a hognose with its mouth on a loaf of bread or, you know. I had one for a short period. That thing, like, I could see where it would literally eat anything if I put it in front of it. They have a very strong feeding response. Yeah, or they have none. So it just <laughs> depends. Have you, um, I mean, that's something that is short and small and should be I, up your alley in a way. It was. It was going to be. I was going to do. <laughs> that <August>. was. <laughs> yeah, short and small and up uh, my alley. Yeah. <laughs> no, Justin, I don't mean you. Uh, but I was going to do hog noses. I had the one that a friend gave me. And the first couple of times it shit, I was like, nope, this is not the snake for me because they smell fucking horrible. That was one where I, could, where I could open my snake room door and go, the hog nose shit. And, and the big six foot boa, you may not know it crapped until you got to the cage and saw it. But that hog nose, that smelled. I don't understand people that have multiples and you're feeding like all of them on one day and they're all going to shit around the same time. So that means that smell is just going to slap you in the face on the day they all crap. Yep. Yep. So I passed on hog noses. I was like, I can't, I can't do it. But you do have a crested gecko now. Screw you guys. All of y'all, the two of you, Ryan Cox, all my friends at the Herp shows, all of y'all can go to hell. I go out of town for like five days. My wife goes to a reptile show to help out my, my business partner comes home, tells me nothing. 
I walk into my house when I finally get home on Sunday and I see an empty deli cup that I know is not my deli cup. And my first question is, where's the animal that goes in this? And uh, yeah, we now have a crested gecko. You should be excited that your wife and your daughter, you know, took the initiative to add a new reptile. I mean, this all seems like a positive thing. So I don't understand. Uh, get back your... to me in, get back this to me in two months. This is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> get back to me in two months and see who's taking care of it. Oh, well, so lucky funny. for you, it's a, you know, just some powdered diet, you know, makes it right up. Well, the great That's thing is it. like also like room temperature. That's also a great thing. Like not having, yeah. because I've got your mastics who I have to keep in a freaking oven all the time. So the fact that the Krusty can live in a little tank in my daughter's room and he's fine does make it a little easier. Yes. And his name is Charlie. You have to add that in there. His name is Charlie. I did ask my wife because I I technically have not seen my daughter since I got home. She's been in her grandparents. uh, So I haven't seen her to have her tell me about it. But I asked my wife, like, you did explain that there's a good chance that tail's falling off at some point because it does still have a tail. And especially if she wants to like hold it and stuff. Well, that's like when I've been messing with it, I was like, God, I just don't want to be the one with the tail. Like, I want it to be my daughter's fault, not my fault if the tail falls off. <laughs> so Parenting 101. <laughs> she needs to learn firsthand when it's like, I don't want to be blamed for it. Yeah, oh yeah, if it's your fault, yeah, that's not a good look. But it could, ha- it could happen to anyone at any time. I'm ready for it myself. Um, so you're, all yours still have tails that you just got? Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's weird though because like I kind of want to hold them slash like every once in a while you have that panic moment where you don't know exactly how to grab this little delicate creature, but it's running around and you're trying to scoop it up. And I've done that quite a few times, uh, and they can be like in a mood at least mine. Uh, sometimes they'll be super active, particularly at night. Sometimes they just won't move at all. So well, it's been an experience. The folks we got it from our friends that vend all the the herp shows um jt who owns uh he owns a reptile pet store in oklahoma but they said that it was feeding off of like a spoon you could it wasn't really wanting to eat out of the bowl but you could spoon feed it i'm like why do we have to get the special lizard that has to be spoon fed it's like this thing's gonna learn to eat out of a bowl that's its only option it's gonna learn to eat out of a bowl you put it on your finger and have it lick your finger that's cute uh freaking adorable put it on your nose and have it lick your nose Both go to hell. (laughs) And then apparently, that is really cute. (laughs) And then our friend Sean Gray like sat down with my daughter and like she asked questions and he told her everything she needed to do. So I I do appreciate. I appreciate the folks that helped her out. I also want all of y'all to go to hell. I mean, you got the easiest creature. She didn't come home with like a sugar glider or a hamster. (laughs) She sent me a picture of a hermit crab, and I was like, "Eh, "Let's wait until we get settled into our new house before we get a new pet." And then when I get home and I see the empty container, I'm like, oh, she got a hermit crab. And then I find it's not a hermit crab. So, I don't know. But, I had uh, hermit crabs back in the day. They did not crabs. do very well with me. Everyone forgets you have to heat them. You have to keep them heated. Maybe that was problem. it. They get cold and die. They're a tropical uh, crab. And that's the Was that not problem. in the care sheet? It's usually not. Usually, like, here, put it in this little plastic box and it'll be fine. That's what I did. Yeah, didn't work. And then, and then they freeze. <laughs> That's what kills most betas too. People get betas and they wonder why in the winter their betas die. It's like because your house is cold. So, pet pet one hundred and one for everybody out there. Hermit crabs are cool. Have you ever seen a full grown hermit crab? They're they're like the size of a softball. They're massive. I mean, the ones from the Pacific Ocean are not that big. They're very small. 
Like in California, so you can go to the the rocky beach area. Yeah, that's it a is different. different. Crab. That's, a, that's an aquatic yes. hermit. But see, that's an aquatic hermit crab. They come the out one, on land too. Yeah, but those they are still aquatic. Yeah, but those are aquatic ones. The ones you buy in a pet store are not those. Those are land crabs. Do not put oh. them in the water. They will die. They will drown. You can give them a little pool though. Yeah, you can give them just a little one in the corner. Don't, don't chunk them in a fish tank. They're not going to no. make it. Because <laughs> so we funny. have, where, where my wife grew up on the coast, you can go down there and find the hermit crabs down there. But they're fully, they're they're aquatic. They come out and they'll crawl on the rocks, but they've got to go back to the water. But when you buy one out of like the souvenir shops on the beach, those are land crabs. But they can get the size of softballs if you take if you grow them up and take care of them. They're actually a really cool yeah, pet. Ignorant towards hermit crabs. I had no most, idea. Most people are. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> they are seen as a disposable pet, kind of like most of the animals in our hobby. To the yeah, general. most of most of mine never made it past the uh, the summer. Holy crap! Now, see, man. that's not a hermit crab. That's a. Um, this oh, is a coconut crab, in yeah, which coconut crab. I saw for sale at Hamburg. So someone serious? has this in their fucking basement right now. Those oh, things are my awesome. Goodness. They're massive. I mean, they, they that is not awesome. That is what nightmares are made of. What? No, I love it. And, and they're arboreal, so like you yeah. need. Can we eat them? You can, you can have it, and then I'll have you it for eat? dinner. No, it's awesome. It's You're cruel. It is shaped very much like a hermit crab, but without the external, without the, without the, the shell. shell. But I mean, yeah, yeah they look like freaking aliens. Look at it with the picture with the dog. No. Yeah, yeah cool. like essentially, yeah. What you mean by crab without a shell is it looks like a straight extraterrestrial of some sort. Yeah. Have you ever seen a hermit crab out of a shell? That's the weirdest yeah. fucking thing. Yeah. They don't look right. Riley said there's one for sale in Sacramento. So if you all are in Sacramento, you can get one. I don't know how you would keep that. Like what What do you keep that in? Like what kind of setup? I guess it's got to have water. But it's also one of you just climb. turn your whole basement into a tropical paradise, and then you basically just need let this. It go. You need like a four foot tall, eight foot wide. It's basically like keeping a retic. Like if you're going to keep a retic, keep this thing in the same size cage. Yeah, and then you just you need a coconut tree in there, <laughs> and they'd be good. A lovely bunch of coconuts. And that's Did really it. <laughs> <laughs> those, I've, I've always also wanted to go see the Christmas uh, Christmas Island crabs when they do their like big mi- is it, those are the ones that do the big migration where like where they make bridges over like hundreds of thousands of them move across roads and you have, like you have to yeah. you can't cross roads because there's crabs everywhere. Whoa! I need to look this up immediately. Okay, <laughs> things are happening here. That's pretty. You cool, can though. you can buy these at reptile shows. I've seen them all the time. Look at these things. I don't they, know yeah, like, why you would want to. But... <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? I think like, they make like, like bridges and stuff in certain areas so they can go. Yeah, like look, they have the, the border of the road. And then there's other ones where they actually have like a bridge that goes over the road so all the little crabs can go. Let's see if maybe I can. Uh, all these All these videos will get me kicked off of YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you won't. Yep, they will. The yeah, National police. Geographic. I don't think fucks around. Uh, the last time I put <laughs> these guys, great big story. I did the Louisiana pine snake. They ripped off the uh, the video off of YouTube. Did you see the that. the thing with the Louisiana pine snakes that were just released? Yes, I did. That's exciting. For yeah, maybe not for April because she doesn't she doesn't like Louisiana pine snakes. 
I mean, I don't mind them. I don't have anything like against these them. Pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're not blood. I don't care. <laughs> they don't want to live. Well, they do want to live in a hole in the ground. So it's very similar bloods. I mean, they're Except cool they're snakes. A, a lot more serious about telling you. <laughs> even you know, even if they're not as, uh, they don't have consequences at all. They'll let it's, you know it's, within it's like all, five feet of them. Yeah, it's only yours. Okay, yeah, I suppose so. I could reach around right now behind me and grab mine, and you'd never hear it. Well, that's because it, it's huffed once. It's because yours are hybrids. They got bull snake in them. That's what it is. That's, that's, <laughs> there's someone out there who thinks that, trust me. They're like, yours, yours heartbeat is a five two too high. It's probably a hybrid, so it's not a big deal. But I have... Um, so I have Vanny Venter line and then you have I guess I guess you don't call it Majors line, but no, I mean, is there just, any name? No, just not ends. really. It's it just came from Theron. He he collected the parents in the wild twenty years ago. And then I should have um what is the other line? There's not there's also Ginter, but there's there's one more. Can you help me out? Uh, doesn't uh, last LASIK. Oh, LASIK. Yep, yep. So hopefully I'll have LASIK lines soon. Um, and then there's like there's LASIK lines of of a ton of different types everything. Of species. Yeah. Yes, because he he's bred everything. Yes. Right now he's been breeding a lot of Senecolis triapsis or the don't well, look, don't Western be using Green big words. Snake. Western green rat snake, which See, is, those are cool, and I'm surprised that people don't keep them more in the hobby. Uh. I don't think they're very straightforward and easy. Yeah, they're, they're a pain in the ass. Because that's a cool, like, people don't realize we have a green snake in North America. Because no one keeps, I mean, other than like the smooth and rough, like the little green snakes that people see when they're kids. Right. Like, how big does that uh, rat snake get? Ooh, I want to say it could get easily six feet, maybe five. I could be totally speaking out of place. I have I, no I idea. Just, I wonder if they are if their behavior is is more like a racer or if it's more like our rat snakes over here. Well, yeah, I mean, some of our rat snakes, especially if you work with, uh, say, westerns or stuff like that, can be a little bit squirrelier than yeah than you would expect. So, uh, I believe this guy is going to be a little bit more flighty than your average. I mean, these aren't going to these aren't aren't going to act like corn snakes. And their immune systems aren't like corn snakes either. And their keeping is just interesting. Uh, so basically know. what you're saying, it's not a corn snake? That's what I heard. Wait, wait, are you sure it's not just a green <laughs> corn snake? Well, I think, well, because like uh, the other rat snakes, you can treat as corn snakes, essentially, just larger corn yeah. snakes. You can keep them as such. Well, see, this animal, in, not so in, much. In that picture, they're not pantherophis either. Right, so. yeah. So I can't breed them to my corn snake and just make green corn snakes? Yeah, so like I wonder, uh, yeah, they don't fall into the other. They would be more, you know, you also have things like the um, Transpecos rat snakes. Those are cool. I had a, bu- a yeah. buddy that has, uh, I think it's Hypo Transpecos rats. And they're really pretty. Like, so I'm learning in this episode, I know nothing about rat snakes. <laughs> So there's uh there's, there's a blonde cool. and there's an exanthic and together they are awesome looking. Um so this here is an exanthic blonde. 
That's cool. Which is like a bluish tinted rat snake. It looks this, like believe, a white is... snake that was just taken. Like the pic, the lighting was weird in the picture. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, who knows? That's like. probably what it is. Um, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> they actually they actually pretty much look like that. I think. Did you see the picture Owen posted today? He's in Florida, and he caught a uh, a rat snake from down there. The one of the ones that has like the stripes on them. Is it a Florida rat or a... that would be oh. a yellow? Well, yeah, yellow, yeah, yellow rats. It doesn't matter anymore because they're all eastern all the rats. Yeah. So is it just eastern rats and western rats now? Is that how we're dividing it? Eastern, midland, or gray, whatever you call the midland rat, and then uh, western, I, eastern, midland. I love gray rat snakes. I think those are really pretty snakes. Yeah, they're cool. They're actually uh, the ones that I have are calmer than my easterns or westerns. I've caught. I caught one. My parents lived in Florida. I caught one gray rat snake. And I think it was super calm. And then I moved to Louisiana and every rat snake's an asshole. Every wild one? Yes. Or or ones that I had at the zoo. I mean, I had seven footers that would want to eat your face. Yeah, see, that's awesome looking. Because I've seen things like the eastern rat snakes here in PA being actually very calm in comparison to their uh, captive counterparts. And I've also seen some really, really good black rats. Well, that's uh, like so. uh, when you watch videos of folks that go to like Australia and stuff, and they pick up scrubs in the wild, and the scrubs don't try and kill them. Mm-hmm. But if you like watch some of the people pick up their scrubs in the, out of their cage, it's a completely different story. Who knows, man? It could be how we're keeping them. They're just pissed off that they're in a box. That's what it is. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe these animals are just expending more energy. If, if you were to find an animal, that's just most of the time we're stumbling upon it. Maybe that's a male who has exerted a lot of energy and maybe doesn't want to doesn't want to fight fight us off. Well, and all of our animals are charged up. They all they're mm-hmm. all at the optimum temperature for wanting to kill you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Oh, Jay Z's reptile says water Texas rats. That's Western rats. Like, they call them Western rats or black. Like, I don't know. Well, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard because the the colors, like say black, if you go up north, you yeah. know, the northern range of the westerns are going to be black in coloration. Well, like where I sit in Louisiana, it's kind of the where they come together. The Texas rats are what are north or used to be or whatever called black rats. That's kind of that range in between. I don't know. Yeah, so you like it particularly say in Alabama, like where Dallas Rue is, they find gray rats all the time. Yeah. But and then just go over a little bit a little bit east, and then you start getting yellow and stuff like that in a little bit west. See, and it's, I find it weird that they just want to lump all that stuff, like lump rats. I'm like there's so many different types that definitely just seem different. You know. It's hard. It's phenotype. Yeah. You know? Who am I to say? I do. I do like the yellow rats. Some of the yellow rats are really cool looking. I have. Uh, I have an Everglades that's really nice. Um, I need to show them off eventually because I haven't showed it since it was a baby, but now it's like super, super red. And then those, it's so red that there's not even really any pattern. It's almost completely patternless for whatever. It's a reason. morph. It's a morph. Go ahead, breed it. Make your money. There you go. Now these these things have been bred together for so long to make redder and redder animals. It's like, yeah, yeah. Who knows what's going on? I think that's what a lot of our 
things like corn snakes and stuff like that we bred for phenotypes and then it was before people really cared about figuring out morphs and things like that they were just breeding things that looked cool and then now it's like there's like five genes going on that make a phenotype in which you know we don't know how it can deconstruct you cannot find a corn snake at any reptile show on earth just just a normal they don't exist they no longer exist. No one makes normal corn snakes anymore. They have five or six genes in them, and good luck on figuring out what they are. And those are only the genes you can see because there's another 20 hidden in there that when you breed it, you go, what the hell is this? Yeah, it's the fun. It's a weird thing. What are the, yeah, how are those that's ones the fun from, of corn snakes. How are those ones from Tinley that you got, those little albino or orange ones that you got at Tinley? Oh, uh, no bueno. Oh, really? Yeah, which, I mean, happens, but... Um, that sucks yeah those were cool looking yeah did you have one already though it's turned me yeah yeah but i'm pretty turned off of that really project yeah that sucks yeah that happens though i know you got uh cocks hooked on rat snakes well i pretty much i made them go home with with a pair (laughs) (laughs) you didn't have a choice it's like hey you're gonna learn you're going to learn that these are cool and you're going to like it. And that's it. Those were, what were those? Those were from North Carolina. Uh, they were from um, around White Oak. So I believe Northern F- fuck is in Northern Florida. I forget to be honest. I'm I couldn't, I couldn't remember game. what those, I knew they, I knew they were a locale one when, that you gave to them. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was from a White Oak female and undocumented, undocumented looks like white oak male and so that i mean that doesn't really mean anything i just call them gray rat snakes so justin no one gives a shit about your beards we're not going to talk about them no one just did (laughs) yeah that's that's, that's about as much as we're gonna (laughs) they exist enjoy that just like we're we're not gonna go in depth about your green snakes on a stick yeah i love i love the beards i just haven't really uh I just I haven't brought it I haven't brought myself to buy a gray snake not knowing exactly what it looks like I need to I need to find some lineage animals that that I really like well I know a guy who has a bunch of beards if you're interested I mean he hasn't bred them in a while I think so he just kind of has them Justin I think he's close right has he got another year, or did he try him this year? If he would just power feed him like everybody else, he'd probably be right there. See, everyone in this chat wants them. There was probably a dude, you know, there's probably dudes at some point who turned him around in a couple of years, two to three years. People didn't give a fuck. I got, I got a bear. It's this one and a half years old eating large rats. <laughs> what is Have you heard of rat snakes called the Mexican... Where'd it go? Oh, so night. he's talking. He's talking about yeah the the night snakes. Let me pull them up real quick. They're super cool. I mean, basically like a Mexican corn snake. Um, there's I forgot <laughs> Just, their name. Justin says he's three days away from the first clutch hatching. All two eggs of the first clutch of babies. <laughs> hey, that's a start. So they're they're pseudo alafe for all the. For all the people uh, following at home, pseudo alafe. If you had that on your bingo card, you won. (laughs) 
Fluvarupa oh, cool. or some bullshit. I don't know. Oh, it's super sick. Um, this one is a particularly, you know, it kind of has the reds and yellows of an Okatee, yeah. but just a more intense head pattern, as well as the eyes are typically rather. Is that cool a juvenile? Looking. Do they like dole out as they get older? Yeah, I mean, this is this is pretty much as good as you could ever imagine when gotcha. looking. I mean, this is going to be your normal adult right here. That's still cool. Which is yeah, that's normal really base. Yeah, like normal corn snake base. They also have anneries, which are really, really cool as well. The eyes. Oh, those are neat. Dude, look at this one eating a bat. How sick <laughs> is that? And now he has coronavirus. Way to go, snake. <laughs> oh, poor guy. They got like cat, the cat eye snake, the big old eyeballs. Yeah. I like the cat eye snakes. Those are cool. They just got that big ass head and small neck. Yeah, it's a little weird, but they are very cool. Yeah, I just don't, don't want to mess with the, the feeding. Sorry. But these guys, uh, from what I've heard, it's kind of like the females can be very productive and then can randomly die. One of those kinds of species. Oh, lovely. Yeah, you know. So it's like you you see people get in and out of them all the time. And there's always like a few captive born and bred animals floating around, but not very many like good, uh, not a lot of stock of them or people solely working on them. I'd, I'd be interested if, if anyone who's listening knows more about people who breed them, let me know. I say give it 10, 15 years and you'll see, like, I think that's where we're headed in the hobby, 10 or 15 years. And you're going to start to see some of these things that you say, you know, they get imported and a lot of them die. We're going to start to see that turn around. Cause I mean, that used to be ball pythons. I used know. to be everything, you know, that yeah. you take out until we figure it out and hone it in. And it just takes, you know, the trailblazers that are going to do it first and figure it out for the people that don't want to put in that work. Cause that's honestly, it's a lot of work to figure all that out. You know, well, the hobby is getting more towards wanting to figure that out. They're, uh, they're, they're wanting to get to more of those odd ball snakes and getting more mm -hmm. in the hobby again, which is cool. Did you see, and I'm going to pull it up right now, um, Ari Flagel, he posted a picture of his his new tank, and he has a bunch of tentacle snakes. Ooh, neat. It was really, 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 really cool. Um, obviously, he had like a bunch of a bunch of fish in it alongside the snakes. All right, I got it. I won't get pulled off for this. <laughs> Let's see. Especially if you don't ever show it. I know. <laughs> we can all listen to Joe watching it. Don't play the wrong video. Yeah, right. See, that's cool. The only thing is, like, at that point, it's a double headache. It is now snakes and a fish tank. Oh, that's the point, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's there cool. There you go. Oh, look at look it. Grab that. that fish. Everybody listening to the audio, look at that. Look at that yeah. audio. <laughs> Yeah, so he basically has this set up as if like I don't know. I don't know. What would you call this? I wish I had more vernacular as far as fish tanks go. But there's some awesome, awesome It's, a, it's an aquatic vivarium. <laughs> with like you can tell it's like slightly stained by like tannins of branches mm -hmm. and yeah. leaves and cool stuff. I just wonder uh, how secure well, that lid is. My friend Tony has nice. that. He has that for his elephant trunk snakes too. And he oh, has yeah. like cameras too where you can see feeding videos and stuff like that. So that's really neat. And he does the tannins and he's really honed them in and has two adults. He got one uh, adult female that uh, was pregnant when he got her. 
I think had five babies and two of them survived. I believe I could be misspeaking on that, but it's pretty cool. He, it's kind of like his passion project besides all uh, the carpets that he keeps. So it's neat. I'm interested on the lid setup on that, on, on setting up a filter that the snakes, that doesn't leave a hole that the snakes can get out of and you end up having tentacle snakes fall out on your floor. Yeah. For I'm the curious. elephant trunk snake, he does, um, if you go to revision reptiles, you can see how he set his up, but obviously those are a lot bigger than the tentacle snakes. Yeah. Going back to our penis conversation, that's basically what that snake is. Elephant, elephant, I didn't trunk do it. Snakes, elephant trunk snakes look like a penis. I didn't You're not wrong. It. That's a weird penis. I don't know what penis <laughs> no, is. Yeah. Look, we already talked about duck penises, so weird penises <laughs> are kind of the topic. Yeah, I elephant, bet the tentacles can escape. Elephant trunk snakes are cool, but they're, they really kind of just sit on the bottom, too. They, I don't think they're nearly as active as the... No, they're pretty active, but more active they? at night. Yeah. 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 And then he stalks his tank with uh, tilapia, and then they just eat them. They hunt them. They kind of when they hunt, they kind of like squish them up against something, and that's how rather than like fully wrapping them, they wrap them too. Sometimes with the all the footage that I have seen, they like squish it up against something, which is pretty cool. I agree with Ryan. They, look like they, sock puppets. they do they look like do. sock puppets. Yeah, they do. <laughs> See, that's one. Yeah, I think that... that's such a cool concept of you know having aquatics and snakes and. Marrying the two. That's what you do with anacondas too. If you do, I mean, right. yeah, you have to have some land space for them, but. But the problem is, you have to have a massive like that's that's a, and we talked about it when we had uh, Megan on is like I'd love to do anacondas, but I would love to have a big water feature and mm-hmm. and fish and like that's a lot like of money. Zoo quality or uh, aquarium quality. Yeah, the uh, nice. the aquarium in Dallas has an awesome anaconda set up with like. Uh, like schools of like uh, neon tetras and discus, so that's a really cool tank. Yeah, I think uh, the shed has a similar setup. It has like a mata mata in it as well, I think, and some some Probably. cool giant the, fish yeah. in there. And the shed aquariums where I saw the, the anaconda setup, and I don't know, fell in love with the anacondas, and that was like for me like the absolute peak of how you can keep an anaconda was from the shed aquarium. Well, I don't. I don't feel that putting putting an anaconda in a six foot enclosure with a water bowl, I feel like, is a little bit of a far cry from its natural habitat and how it <laughs> hunts it and is. how it lives. Yes. And I mean, the fact that the very animals, you know, it's a it's adapted particularly to be underwater and to hunt. It's like from you know, the, the eyes are on top like of their that. head, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say, and, I, and I'm going to say his name, but that is one thing that Barchek has done right. I do like that anaconda cage that he set up in his new place with the big water feature and the land and the log, and it it looks the way you would want an anaconda set up in your house to look if you could do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, this is really pretty. And Charles Howard like said it. discus are expensive, and that's true because I thought about getting discus at one point, and those damn fish are super expensive for a fish. I know people out there going, "Yeah, but you'll pay more for a snake." Yeah, but it's a snake; it's more important than a fish. <laughs> it's also less, uh, at least for us, it's going to be we're going to have a lot more luck probably with most snake species than we yeah. ever would a discus. Well, yep. if I spend that, I, if I spend that kind of money on a fish, I better be producing more fish. Is my only problem. Like that's where my mind goes. I'm like, I need to make that money back. That's a lot of money. And then you don't just like it for the peace and serenity. I do, but they're expensive. <laughs> and you still have to clean up fish poop. Yes, I'd love and to I've salt seen... water, but I can't afford salt water. 
I've seen a lot of people who breed discus and they do like very sterile setups. And oh, yeah, it's just a tank. Yeah. No gravel. Yeah. But they're cool and they get big, but man, it's a lot for a fish. And I feel like it has the same appeal, though, as a lot of the snakes that we work with. I mean, there's different uh, color mm-hmm. phases and stuff like that, and a lot of yeah. really, really cool and pretty damn expensive fish. Well, and we, you know, we've talked about before on different podcasts and all about how in our hobby we and i'm guilty i mean look i got racks behind me as playing cages we, we cheap out on on our animal setups for 600 700 snakes but when you look at like like real people that keep like discus they set those things up they've been doing you know bioactive or whatever for a long time they have the plants and the gravel and the layers of like what all the stuff to grow and the lights I've, i rarely see unless breeding a discus i rarely see someone who has discus as pets in just a tank with like a sunken pirate ship and a bubbler in the background that's you know it's gonna be set up really really well that's one thing that i think a lot of fish people do really well not me my my fish tank is about it's one pirate ship shy of being that so <laughs> <laughs> look at the baby look at those the- we're looking at discus babies i think yes yes, yes. we are more of that awesome audio yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it translates so well. Look at those discus babies. I always I think of it like there's levels to it, right? So you can have the beta fish, or you know you can go on and and breed discus type of thing, you know, and have the you full s- salt water or whatever. I know you say that salt water though, right? But there's a no, but there's a guy <laughs> that that does some of the herp shows that does betas, and he has like seventy, eighty, two hundred dollar betas. I'm friends with some people overseas that do like on Facebook that do beta breeding and it is amazing what they have. Yeah, Absolutely what, amazing. What you see at Petco is nowhere near what they're doing from real beta. I know on. it's crazy, but I, w- I was talking to some guys at work who were talking about, I don't know, some new Jordans that were coming out and how they were going to spend all this money on shoes. And they're the ones that have no idea how I can keep like snakes and how I, I do what I do. And like, I'm like, it's like Jordans. Like, you spend some people spend you know eighty bucks on some. Some people spend thousands of to dollars. You wait in line to get the next new thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. Jordans and snake breeding is the same. Yeah, but no, my snakes <laughs> will produce me more money. Those Jordans, well, they will they will not wear them, and they will not make them any money. Like well, seen- they they may go up in price. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. You may you they may go up in price, and you may that's make true. money. And then I think that's. I feel like it's very, very similar because we get a lot of snakes and we don't play with them. We're like, we kind of move on to the, to the next thing sometimes. So I feel like any collecting to some point is very, very similar. And I think it's just mm-hmm. the same psychology behind it. We like, all yeah. live in that. Look, we're all ash from Pokemon. We've got to collect them all. Like we're, we're very much in the snake hobby. It's like, there's a new color. I need that. So I've been thinking if I was a beta breeder, what my, what my name would be. And oh like, gosh. what do you, what do you guys think of like a uh, master beta? Yes. <laughs> master beta. Oh my God. It took me uh, like half a but second. Then, but then it's the cartoon version of you looking like Yoda. Oh. And so you're master beta. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It really I brings home that I am, you know, 
I'm the master. I'm wise. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. I don't know what anybody's thinking. Like I don't know where you're no. going. It's a Jedi. It's. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure three, at least three importers already have that name. <laughs> <laughs> I did recently. Uh, I did get a, an awesome message from someone on Facebook saying, "Like, ooh, let's see if I could find she, this." She Justin's beta call Saul. That's pretty good. Well, someone asked me about relocating a King Cobra. I'll go past just let it, that. Just one. let it go. Yeah, what? I don't. You get, I get like random people from Indo or from India and stuff like that, and asking me things that I do not know the answers to. Um, but I, I did have uh, very recently an, an importer give me one of those. I breed reptile and then send me like <laughs> a bin full of like 1 million Euromastics on top of each other. And I just, uh, <laughs> uh. I like wind serpents for beta or worse. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> yeah, it is a good one. And is there, I've, I've heard people obviously say it different ways. So I've heard people say beta and I've heard people say beta. Those who say have, beta are wrong. Do we have confirmation? I'm saying beta because that beta sounds weird. So I'm sure Justin probably says beta. Justin, <laughs> I bet you do, don't you? Because you, you don't pronounce words properly anyways. Well, let's see. Let me uh let me let me go to the, the official scorecard here. How to pronounce pronounce pronounce. Yeah, that was beta. Yeah, it's still wrong. I don't I don't care what they say technically it is. We all know when words sound right and they sound wrong. And calling it a beta just sounds wrong. Oh, this one's this one's from a beta fate or fish. You form. can't you can't say that without it sounding wrong. You know it sounds wrong. That's like if we tried to start going saying aluminium. There's no way I'm saying aluminium. It sounds dumb. UK. So apparently it's an accent thing. It kind of depends. So I guess there's probably a snobby way to do it. Uh, you know, like kind of, we have snobby ways of saying things that aren't necessarily true. Yeah, like people that walk around saying royal pythons. Yeah, like I get it. Like you think you're better than me, but can it's we all ball just python. say ball <laughs> python? We've said it for decades. We get over it. <laughs> so, yeah, so beta, beta. Oh, I mean, Winthrop says it's like anoli. I'm not saying anoli either. That just sounds wrong. Yeah. We all know it sounds wrong. Yeah, you hear that one too, and no one's really um, haven't caught like, on on it, huh? I feel like people who are like native Floridians and stuff. I always hear them say "noli." That sounds wrong. It feels it feels wrong. Yeah, I don't like it. Like and saying feels. <laughs> oh, oh look, uh, Justin does say "beta" correctly. Well, if that's how that's, I'm assuming that's how he's saying it there. Beta, yeah. He may say it like that. Beta. <laughs> so we've talked about duck penises and beta. This is a great reptile conversation. Now I've really, I've, yeah, I've colubrid and call you bread. Yeah, That's I say both. One. I say both on that one actually. Well, I know that I'm saying it wrong, but I'm still doing it. So, okay. So Justin, I see you type out macklets, but that's not what you say. <laughs> That's not right. Just because you 
just because you can type it out doesn't make it. That's not even how it's spelled. So you know it's not how it's said. <laughs> Macklets. Oh, Macklets. Like it's Maclots, right? Am I being stupid? It's Maclots. No, it's it's just just Justin is the only one. That <laughs> okay. Says it. Well, well, Jake called Popwins papayas, papayas, and then for, that's and, and, papayas? Justin, and Justin said nothing for for episodes, like three episodes. Justin said nothing and let his partner say papayas. Look, April, you can be guaranteed at least. I'm not going <laughs> to let you go around saying something wrong for three episodes. I appreciate you, <laughs> papayas. So, of course, if Justin's, you know, if he slips up and calls something a Macklitz, I mean, yeah, you got to call it out. Or Justin says, was it Bolines? A, a few people say Bolines. They're wrong. They're just wrong. It just sounds wrong. Like, James, Bolins. you're so, like, black or white. It's so funny I, to me. No, I, I'm just, I'm right. And everybody else that's <laughs> different is wrong. It's, 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 I have very oh, simple man. rules. That's, that's funny. It's not what you're supposed to do, kids. It's exactly <laughs> what you're supposed to do. Tomato, be, tomato. Be like, be like me. That's another one. Tomato, tomato. No one's gone around saying, "Look at my tomatoes." I'm growing tomatoes. Some idiot somewhere. Yeah, some poor, poor idiot who's <laughs> looking silly. He's like, so my mom told me it was tomato, tomato. I can say it either way. I feel like we should. Bo Ellen, um, that's right, Bo Ellens. That's what I, I couldn't. Ellens, I couldn't yeah. even screw it up the right way. He screwed it up. Bo Ellens. So I feel like I feel like we need to, and since we've gotten so far off topic, anyway. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> snake rooms. I mean, you're setting up a new snake room since uh, since you've been to the new house. Yes, it is. Well, as long as I don't show you the other half, because while I was also out of town, my wife moved over the rest of the stuff that I apparently didn't get out of the old house. And just shoved it into my snake room, but the snake room side is awesome. It's it looks really nice. I'm not going to show you the other side. It's just full of shit. But it does have. I've got a full size stand up freezer for all my rodents. I've got a full size like fridge freezer combo for anything else for like veggies and stuff for my tortoises for drinks. I've got a 55 inch TV in here. I've got uh, my bookshelf for all my reptile books. I pretty much only thing I'm missing is a bathroom. Is Katie allowed in there still? Or so, I mean, she's allowed in. Oh. I don't. I don't really have. <laughs> just, don't just have made it, you made it. You made it so. Uh, you made it so James like man cavey. It, it really is. No, I think that's the allowed. point. I, I it's the he man. He man woman haters club. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, I'm super excited. Once I get this all organized, tomorrow's like my first day at the house where I can try and organize and get everything set up. But it's going to be awesome. Like it's, I finally have a room where I can just come in, sit, and and hang out. So I'm looking forward to that. And you have like, I mean, it must be room to expand twice over. Seriously. Well, what I can do now is actually make a second row of racks. So what I'll probably end up doing, because I'm going to have to add several more baby racks, um, I can now do another row. Uh, down the middle of the room, and it gives me that much room because it's like a 19 by 16 foot room. So yeah, that's awesome. It's double what my old room was. Now he and was saying, I, like, we could put a couch in there. I'm like, or more racks. And I have a TV yeah. or more racks. <laughs> I, I, did, I did back down on the couch. I will get me a nice, comfy chair in here. Okay. But the TV's staying because I'm trying to have my own 55 inch TV where I can watch whatever I want is great. 
No, that is because awesome. I did put up a TV on our wall in our bedroom, and I was told last night that I'm not allowed to watch TV once she goes to sleep. So hmm. I have to be able to go to my snake room and watch TV once. And she goes to sleep at like eight because she's old. So <laughs> I know she's listening. So I'm sure she likes that. Yeah. She knows it's true. She'll agree. She will, I mean, look, she she's talking about she's talking about her craft room that she has. You know, she's old. She gets to go and sew in her craft room. Hey. She just stated she is not old. <laughs> but oh, James, I'm I'm excited about this. And then April, you've got you've got a pretty uh, decent room though too. Though your reptile room is pretty good. Yeah, I like that uh, metal table you have. You have that big old metal table like to work Amazon. On. You can get it on Amazon. Really? Mm-hmm. Stainless steel table. Amazon. I'm gonna try to. I'll I'll try to bring up my camera feed right now, and I'll I'll show those of you that are watching. I don't know how well that's going to actually of, work. Do you have any type of heat and humidity gauge in there as well that you can manage remotely? You know, I do. I have the, the Govi um, temperature and humidity, but I didn't connect them correctly to my Wi-Fi, and so I'm having issues. I'm also having issues pulling up my snake room because Darren, of the hotel Wi-Fi here. Darren said I might have to sleep in my snake room tonight. Look, we've been together <laughs> for like, I don't know, 16, 17 years now, I I don't get in trouble anymore. Well, she's, if it ever pulls she's up, accepted you. She's, uh, well, James will be James. In a relationship, I think both people realize that no one else on earth is willing to put up with their shit except for the person they're already with. So, so you're stuck with them? Is that kind of what you're we're, we're, we're stuck together. <laughs> I don't want to have to try and train somebody else. She doesn't want to train somebody else. I see, I see, I see. That's what marriage is like. Okay, noted. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, me, <laughs> me and April don't have much experience, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. sure, that seems to work. It does. It works great. It always cracks guess... me up when I see folks like talk about like having issues with their spouse or like, like, just some of the jokes that people make about like marriage. I'm like, I don't have those issues. We just just deal with shit and move on. Well, my mom said that you're sleeping with the snakes tonight. So if my mom said it. <laughs> well, if your mom said it, it's got to be. Oh, shit, I should have put a bed in here, I guess. Damn. <laughs> I don't have room for a bed. Yeah. I have too much shit that I got to get rid of. Thanks, right, the one time that my snake room feed is not loading is the one time I actually wanted to. <laughs> show I've got to get my. I've got to figure out where I'm going to put my camera too. I haven't hooked up my Wi-Fi cam. Yeah, it's on top. Mine is on top of my baby rack because it can angle and see uh, most of the the rest of the room. I also want to hook up. um, It's from I I use the Simply Safe alarm system. So they have like you can get different things with it. So I want to get like the the fire alarm part of it and put that into my snake room. Though I don't I mean, fire never happens in a snake collection. Well, y'all know that I'm terrified of that. <laughs> I'm terrified that I, my collection is going to light on fire one day. Well, we found uh, out when we asked uh, all of our listeners their biggest fear, and like almost everyone said fire. <laughs> That's that is one of the things that horrifies everybody. I think yep. also if anyone's been up here in the Northeast, probably losing power is a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, y'all, so y'all have like a winter. generator or something. Y'all have this thing called winter yep. up there, right? Yeah, it's like the opposite of what you need for snakes. It's weird. (laughs) I think we have winter. I think there were two weeks of it this past year. Yeah, it's really adorable there, but it really is helpful in a lot of ways, unless you're breeding colubrids. 
So for me, if the power <laughs> goes out, let it ride. For Python folks, not so much. Mm-hmm. Unless it's brettles, then you can just go ahead and freeze it and you're cool. Yeah. It's just Wind a says tornadoes. Tornadoes do scare me because there's no planning for a tornado. Like every time you see a tornado warning, you're like, all right, well, this could be it. Like there's nothing I can do to stop it. Yeah, and it's very much like you're not going to move out your whole collection because the possibility of tornado because it's so random and it's so yeah. unpredictable that it's like, yeah, you leave it and pray and then that's really it. That's all you can do. I'm trying have to you have you been? I've uh, I've been in a tornado when I lived in Alabama. Uh, but I, I luckily, I haven't. I've been lucky enough to... Um, I was out of town a couple of years ago and one went really close to my house and, and Katie and my daughter were home and they were like in the bathroom, in the bathtub with the mattress and all. Um, but we they get them coming through here all the time. mattress in there that fast? Well, you need a, a kid's mattress on a bed is only, is pretty light. Oh, and, like a twin? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dang, I can't do that. <laughs> I had uh, the uh, tornado alarm, like, like the siren go off. Yeah. And I called my friend cause I'm a California girl. So I called my friend. I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> and I go to the bathroom. So I grabbed my cats and just ran to the bathroom. <laughs> you get away from windows and hope yep. you don't die. And the bathroom's in the center of my my house. So it worked out. And then yeah, I was it's, like, it's extra how do you know when it's when over? It. <laughs> how do you know when it's safe to come out? That was my question. <laughs> That's the great thing nowadays that with smartphones, you sit there and watch. Most news stations have a Facebook page. And during tornadoes, most news stations go live on with their weather. And so, like, you can sit in there. Even if everything goes out, you still have your phone. Yep, you can, that's like, 100% that. what I did. <laughs> that's, as soon as, like, we have bad weather, we always pull up our phones and pull up our local weather channel, Facebook page, and they tell us everything. Uh, Darren asks, earthquakes or tornadoes, what's worse? For me, tornadoes are worse uh, just because I don't know how to handle them. I've not, you know, I, I've grown up with it. But I was in my first earthquake when I was three, so I would still go. I'd go tornado over earthquake. Tornado is probably I, worse I, than earthquake. I like, I, yeah, I like earthquakes. I know that's really weird. What? I know. That's because <laughs> you've never had a house destroyed by one. I'm guessing. Oh yeah, it wasn't destroyed, but we had some big cracks, and in the kitchen, uh, like all the glassware from one side of the kitchen came off, but the other side was totally fine. It was really weird the way it shook like that. Um, we had some bad damage in the house on one of the walls, but that was it. But, See, it's different yeah. than a tornado. A tornado just takes your house away. Like, there's I no, know. Like, oh, no, a bookshelf fell over. It's like, oh, no, the bookshelf is a mile down the road. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought about that. I'm like, what if my whole roof comes off and it takes all my shit? Shit just like, goes. What is, what is that? What, how, <laughs> what am I going to do? Like, you can't do anything. You'll be like how the Burmese pythons got into the Everglades. I thought about that too. Yeah. I was like, oh, I, uh, yeah, I, for, I forgot what I was listening to, but it was, it was a retake guy on a podcast and, I don't remember if it was a tornado or a hurricane, but basically he had a retick room get leveled, um, like a building outside get leveled. And then there was just six foot cages. And he said like most of the, most of the, he just found like six foot cages, like 20 feet down the road and they had the animals in them. It was interesting. And then some of them had glass and he had found the animals and yeah, it just kind of scattered everything everywhere. That's crazy. Steven talked about, yeah, Riley did have to run away from fires. That's another thing out west. Y'all had fires. Yeah, we don't, we don't, fire have, we don't, season, not we don't have fires in Louisiana. We have enough water to put that shit out. We're good. We're, <laughs> under, we're under sea level. We're good. It's like been drought season in Cal- Southern California for forever. Like years and years of drought. 
No yeah. good. I don't know what that would be like. That would be miserable. Like I can't imagine droughts. I think that was a big a big thing, just like moving or being able to move throughout the country is where can I keep a snake collection and it work out and not have emergency situations like nowhere? I think there's well, always going to be something. Well, uh, yeah, it's cold. If you, if you can fight cold, you're good because y'all don't really have hurricanes other than like the random hurricanes that hit like New York on the coast every now and then. Um, yeah, which typically aren't really a big deal. Yeah, you don't have tornadoes really up there. You don't have earthquakes, forest fires. Like it's cold. If, it's, if as long as you have backup for like I guess a generator or whatever to keep if you lose power. But if you live in like. New Orleans or yeah, someplace. Screwed. Yeah, it's like... I refuse to live below sea level. I, I, I refuse to ever live below sea level. That's a stupid idea. Yeah, like I don't even know why it exists. I don't know. If you, had to, build, if you had to build a <laughs> wall to keep sure. water out, you're not supposed to oh be there. Oh, gosh. Yeah, like just go a little bit north where there's not water. Like we're in the middle of the state. We're, we're still in Louisiana, and we don't have to worry about flooding that often. Yeah. Do you guys have an emergency plan set up? Nope. I should. I definitely should. I probably. Yeah, I really will. don't have anything. We talked about what two podcasts ago. Not to the full much. extent that I should have it. You know. I need to. I need to come up with something. I agree. So what? What would fall under that plan? Is that for national disasters or like anything? Just like having to do an extremely fast evacuation for whatever reason. See, my problem would be hurricanes. I know right. hurricanes are coming, so you usually have enough time. I can pl- kind of plan for a hurricane. Um, and also, I mean, it'd have to be pretty bad to really destroy where I'm at right here, you know, like Katrina level or Gustav, some of those other ones that were really, really bad, but I don't, I don't have the rest of the issues. I, I can't imagine earthquakes or fires running me off and to, like we said, tornadoes, you just tuck your head behind between your legs and hope you don't die. I mean, that's, that's what we did in high call it in school. I mean, you know, go put yeah. your head against the wall and, and you'll be fine. No problem. Everybody remembers tornado drills. You just get down on your knees, put your head against the wall, and tornadoes can't kill you like that. <laughs> well, Riley Riley said that he typically keeps dozens and dozens of pillowcases and tubs and um, a bunch of heat sources and stuff like that, which is uh, yeah, which is something I do too. Is just keep tops of tubs. Um, that's pretty basic, just because I've moved before, and I always have heat pads just because shipping. Um, but other than that, I mean, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, need I don't to have any get particular more containers. Plan, right? I think I have enough pillowcases. I think I have tubs for my berm and my retic, but I don't think I have enough for all my adult bloods. I, I don't, I know I don't right now, but once I get this all set up, I do plan on trying to have something in place where I can at least get, you know, like with the baby racks, I could probably stack baby racks in the back of one of our vehicles with the babies in the rack and, mm-hmm. and go, you know, most of my racks are, are like three and a half foot tall and they will fit in the car easily. For something bad enough to happen here to evacuate all my animals, shit would have to be pretty bad. I mean, yeah. I'm in like a row house with other houses and everything. And I don't know. We don't get anything crazy. If we lost, if we lost power, then I just let them cool down. See, my biggest fear in, in your situation will be fire from anybody else's yeah. house, also, because like y'all, yours houses are connected, right? Yeah. So like, if one goes up, you got to hope that it gets put out before it gets to yours. Yeah. That would scare me. 
Because you can't control it. Is that why? Yeah. Well, <laughs> who's, the, who's the biggest risk here? It's me. You know, it's you yeah. or me. So <laughs> chances Jeez, are it's right. my fault. But but I don't I don't use I don't use that's why I don't use heat tape or anything like that. I use it in literally one rack in the Python room, and then I have otherwise uh, all ambient. So I, I use heat tape on everything except for four foot cages. Those are all radiant heat panels. Have you had heat tape burn through tubs yet? No. Because I've uh, had it happen like on multiple occasions. Really? Yes, twice. Oh my god, that makes me even more nervous. Was it was it the old school heat tape or was it the new heat tape? It was it was THG. Did it have that? Because like the new stuff has that uh that fiery retardant layer on it, whereas the old stuff just used to be like clear like plastic with the heat in between it. The new stuff has like that one foggy side, which is like the fire retardant side. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Well, how I many- have it. I had it recessed in AP racks and then it serpentines through. So it's like uh, the, the foggy side is going to be up and then the clear side is going to be up. foggy side, clear side. And I think it's just rubbing from the tubs and not paying attention. Or I think it even is more so like, whatever reason even though i had thermostats on it they get really hot and then the the heat tape starts to shrink and starts to you know change form and then i'm rubbing a tub up against it and then it's exposing that that heating element and the electric and it's an issue who was someone i heard talking about it may have been on npr but if you've seen the racks where the heat tape serpentines out of the side and then back in Mm -hmm. and they had had it two of them next to each other they touched and that heated up and melted uh because they had two racks side by side whereas like most racks do it inside the rack and it never comes out of the rack that would that would be an issue i did i i don't know if i guess i've never heard it until recently but people say you should change your heat tape like every three to four years mm-hmm. I've, I've never done that ever riley just said change your probes every five hmm. i should probably start paying attention to that stuff yeah, because I'm going on year six now. I've had some of my stuff for six. Actually, the stuff I have for six years has um, heat cable and not the the heat tape. So I don't, is there trouble with heat cable too? I've had heat cable actually go out where it doesn't heat up anymore. I've had that happen, but I don't know if there's any issues with fires because with of heat cable. cable. That's the you thing. Know? People, people poo-poo things like heat cable all the time. I think it's just because it's a ZooMed product or something like that. But I mean, it's UL listed. It's so much more legit and probably so much more safer than heat tape, to be honest. Um, we're just used to using what we use. Mm-hmm. I need to contact my rack guy and say, and ask if I can buy just like, if he can pre-wire and send me the right amount of heat tape for this rack. And then I just take the back off and, and replace just the heat tape. I guess also I think it's interesting. I, maybe if I was to get another rack, I would go back heat because I think I think pretty much most people are over the. I think it's seen commonly now as maybe a myth that all snakes need belly heat or something like that. Um, I think a lot of us are now seeing that that's not necessarily true, and maybe putting it on the wall is stopping that friction from happening under the tubs, and it would just be a way to not have that happen. See, my concern is like my sambos though, because they like a hot spot of you know ninety to ninety five, uh, and it's I feel like that's gonna be really hard to get with back heat. Whereas like 
if you're just if you crank it up to 90 you can probably get 85 84 on back heat inside the cage mm-hmm. so that's i don't know i know with you though you've got all those colubrids colubrids so it doesn't i mean shit you can put them in a closet with nothing and they're fine yeah yeah i mean there's there's not as much of a sweet spot there's not a small a small temperature range to hit yeah my uh all my corns are in racks with heat and they're probably like, Hey, you really don't need to have this on. We're, we're good. Yeah. I mean, especially, uh, like I said, all my stuff's, all my stuff's ambient. So I don't really need that, but I do keep some animals, you know, some pythons and stuff. Uh, but I, that right now is belly heat. I couldn't do ambient. I watched, uh, Riley was on a podcast the other day and I was watching it and he was sweating his balls off in his snake room trying to be in there. <laughs> I'm like with the could, humidity now it's in my room it's real bad <laughs> cuz my room is at 80 it was at 79 or 80 and the humidity was that. at i want to say 75% it was awful <laughs> my room is probably at 70 68 to 70 somewhere in there i let my room fluctuate with the the seasons though um, so I'll let it get a little bit cooler. It gets down to like seven. The lowest I've seen was, uh, 68 actually was the lowest I saw from my room, but mostly it rides right around 72 in the winter. And then the highest that it gets for me in the summer is about 86 and the humidity goes down to about 40 in the winter. And then as high as 85 in the room itself in the summer. So and I just let it range. And I, I do have them on either belly heat. The babies have uh, the back heat on them. And I just set that to 86 degrees. And if it's doing full power, it's doing full power. If it's, you know, doing nothing, then it's doing nothing. And I just kind of let it go. So that's how I set up the room. Would you see Riley said his room can hit 90. I couldn't work in there. if my room, I, I, That would kill me. Well, mine, degrees. I've been trying this time of year, super tricky. Uh, so I want to keep it 82 degrees, but I have random days. If I'm not on top of it, it hits 86, which is really an issue. So I'm really trying to have that not happen. And then at night it can reach 79 because I need to turn off the heat to compensate for the extra heat during the day and all this other stuff. So it's it's been a real interesting um, balance for me to keep. And it was last year too, and it really sucks. Uh, I probably need I probably need to get in ac but the problem is that at night it's too cool during the day it's too hot and i I have to run a heater and the ac and i don't know right now i'm just having trouble keeping it right where i want it it'd be easier if it was just central air that actually worked (laughs) riley said proportional thermostats are best as opposed to on off and i completely agree because i have finally switched Mm -hmm. everything is on uh herp stats in my room i love these things versus my old school like you could hear them click off and click on. Thermostat. I was about to say, <laughs> did you ever have them get old enough where you could hear it click on and click off? Well, see, I had, I ran those cheap, like $25 with the round top and the dial. Um, those thermostats you could buy like, well, for like seeds. Go, no, it wasn't even that. It was like, it was the reptile ones, but they were, they were plastic. And they, I probably have them around here somewhere, but it's, they're round on top, flat on the bottom. And they just have a dial to kind of like, it says there's a temperature on there, but you're just kind of guessing. And, uh, and it it's like with- it's like a, a rink. It's not Rinko. It's a like a dimmer kind of, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. A, but actually. but it's 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 an on off. It's not the. I've got to try to think where it's at. I know I've got them here. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll be right back. <laughs> I've used. Yeah, uh, I have six. I have two. 
Yeah, that's, that's I mean, it seems as though like herb stat herb stats are the go-to. Um, I've it's always had favorite. VEs just because most of the times I was super cheap and they have broken down over, you know, short periods of time. Yeah, Not I short got a periods, VE but with a few my, years. I got one, a VE with my incubator, so I use it. But if I'm going to purchase one, it's going to be a herb stat. And then I have my retic, my berm, my bearded dragon, my carpet python, plus their lights all on um, a herb stat six. Uh, you just got to make sure you do the math for the wattage and make sure you don't um, overdo the wattage on that. Uh, so that and would then control I have, lights as well? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll control That's lights. Cool. It also will do uh, humidity if you get the right probe uh, to hydrom. I can't say it. Do you know how to say it? Hydrometer? hydrometer? Is that it? <laughs> I forgot what it's called. Hydrometer? <laughs> but if you get the right probe for it, it'll control that as well. So, And you can do um, a cycle at nighttime where it'll get cooler at night. And you can set that for time. You can, If you have the a dimming light, you can do it where it has like a sunset or a sunrise type of uh, look to it as well. So you could do a lot of stuff with the herb sets. I like them. Okay, so apparently I've lost all of mine. So I'm gonna find one online real quick. I, I had my one of the the one that failed on me was actually the big apple um thermostats, which were like a thing in like two thousand two. I don't I don't know what they're really, really old metal thing and it yeah, it just failed hot. Yeah, that's no good. Like here, can you that. share? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Is no, that an Exoterra? I, I believe Exoterra uh, makes one like that. It's just. Several, I used one of those. <laughs> I, I used that was everything I had was hooked up on these things, and I and look, people will tell you they'll burn your house down. I'm telling you, I probably ran 15 at one point, and oh my god, they work. They just. I mean, they are they are what they are, but I don't like the like this one says it has three power outlets. Bullshit. Plug one thing. I'm I'm one of those. I'm like one thing per probe. I can't do more than one thing per probe. That freaks me out. Oh yeah, because that's yeah, that doesn't work. Especially I totally if do I, don't, that. I don't think people. I don't know if people realize that from rack to rack, it, they could also be different size, different length, heat tape, and stuff like that. There's all different yeah. issues. So, but I, I use these forever and I liked them, but I, I mean, they don't even compare to my herb stats. I, and I have found that even just the really cheap, like jumpstart thermostats are actually kind of better than the lowest of the low reptile thermostats like that one. Yes, I agree. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't recommend them, but it, they work. I Look, I use, I wouldn't I forget what it is. I had to order one off Amazon for my tortoise barn. Um, and it's a digital thermostat and it works great. And it runs my little oil field here in my tortoise barn in the winter. Um, that the, the thermostats have come a long ways from the mid two thousands when I got into it. And this was pretty, it was this or the high end ones were the Rankos mm-hmm. or Johnson's yep. controllers or uh helix. And I still have, I still run one helix on one cage. Um, yeah. Some people swear by those. But then again, I, my, people have had so many issues at the same time. My one has worked, but it's on my my Brettles cage, which used to be my quarantine cage, but has now been taken over by my Brettles. Um, but everything else is is now on Herbstats. I have a Herbstats six, and I just love looking at that thing. Oh yeah, it looks it looks you know above <laughs> the rest as well. 
Yeah. And it, just, it tells you the percentage of output. And yeah, I mean, and if I really wanted to get fancy and hook up lights to it, I could and do all that stuff. But yep. And a fogger. Right. And a fogger. I have, uh, I actually bought a timer. I have, I have smart outlets. I have uh, the Inkbird thermostats and I have a bunch of timers and stuff. All this stuff I haven't set up for yet. And it's, yeah, there's just things that I want to put. Uh, I do want to change up the lights that are in my ceiling fan in my snake room to the Bluetooth LED color changing lights. So at night, I can change it over to red and turn on the red lights and come in and see my snakes and see you're going rob stone i would would not do that i would just like hey let there be light guys sorry (laughs) i I I just think it'll be cool (laughs) i do love i do love my new shop lights i talked about them on our podcast yesterday they have built-in bluetooth speakers that's pretty cool wait a second so there's speakers (laughs) in the lights let's see if you can see there's one that turned off that's uh where's my finger at there it is uh, nope, wrong way. Nope, nope. This is not working. There it is. Oh my goodness, that black box there. Is yeah, yeah, yeah we, we, we got the point. That's, I have one turned on, one turned off. But yeah, that's they got built-in Bluetooth speakers. You can get them at Walmart for fifty bucks. Oh shit, that's pretty so, legit. So now I can play music or podcast while I'm cleaning cages, and music rains down upon me. That's pretty cool, though. Riley says that he never turns the lights on once it's dark. I like you know to what, clarify Riley? that I don't do it often for mine. <laughs> You know what, Riley? You also let your room to get ninety degrees. So, oh, well, I, you know, sometimes I, well, a lot of times I'm working with the animals at night. So, yeah, that's my, that's know. my problem is, is especially I in really the winter, right? Like in the winter, you come home from work and it's already dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has a, a red headlamp. I'm I'm laughing at the picture of this. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine him in there looking like he's prospecting in a you know, mine or something. All right, you guys, you guys are going, you guys are going too far. Okay, I've been turning <laughs> out the lights this whole time. Red headlamp. Uh, they said, "What kind of thermostat do y'all use on oil heaters to control ambient temps?" So there, um, there used to be a specific thermostat that was made for that, for I that. believe, by Herbstat, but I think they stopped it, which. Part of me says maybe that just didn't sell well, but there's a lot of snake people who have it, so maybe it's just kind of a hard thing to control. So I've never tried to put mine on a thermostat other than the one that is um, built in, which is shitty anyway. You know, you that's why I have like the smart plugs to turn it off if I needed to, but I don't have it set up. But if I, I was a smart person, I would set that up. Let me find the one I use in my tortoise barn, and I'll pull it up. But I found a digital one on uh on Is it made particularly for oil heaters or just no it but it well I had one. I had the uh jump start, but the problem is I fried it because the oil heater when both oil thing when both heater elements are on, it's like uh fifteen hundred watts. I think and it's it, something that has to do with the amount of wattage that the thermostat needs to needs to control for an oil heater. I think that's why it's so dangerous to use. Yeah, so I my uh, understanding. So I bought one that could do like 2,000 watts or something. Um, hold on. I almost have it pulled up. I have one. There's one here that looks like it, but I'm not sure. It doesn't tell me how many watts. But that's the big thing. Like you got to pay attention to the wattage because heat tape doesn't really take much at all. That's pretty easy. Uh, but when you're talking about an oil-filled heater or any of those room heaters, they're pulling a lot of wattage. And they will mm-hmm. 
they will blow that shit pretty quick. Are you sharing it? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah hold on. I'm, give me a second. Riley's uh, vehemently defending himself with he his is. Time. Yeah. <laughs> well, then uh, his comment, you know, he okay. So he said, "If I turn the lights on at night, it totally disturbs my animals. It can upset breeding, laying eggs, a whole ton." Right. So I'm like, maybe that's the issue with my beach snakes. And now maybe I'll get a freaking red headlamp too. <laughs> no, dang, just get the uh, the, the Wi-Fi. Picture in a video and yeah, I'm, jump I'm... in there, nerd, with your red. <laughs> Just get the Wi-Fi color-changing lights that you can put in your in your lights. Here, That's share expensive. that. I shared the thing with you. That's the one I bought. Off <laughs> right, I win. <laughs> bought off Amazon. Uh, there's one that um, Lon Dixler, I think yeah. is how you say his last name. He yeah. had one that he was showing people when. It was either a carpet fest or no, it was Tinley a couple of years ago that he had that was hooked up to the Wi-Fi and all that, which I know is almost everything nowadays. But uh, I need to follow up and figure out what that was that he uses. He really liked it. So when someone's looking at, at the heater one, this is the thing to pay attention to. Find the maximum output load for that thermostat. Like this one is 1,650 watts on a 110. You are 99% of the time going to be running on a 110 outlet. Uh so you need to look at that. If if running your thermos your heater goes over that, you need to find a different thermostat. And they're out there. You can find them. You just gotta search for high wattage thermostats. But this one works pretty well. It's, it works in my tortoise barn on an oil filled heater. It looks pretty legit. Yeah, it's it's got alarms. Like every now and then, uh, like it just gets hot during the day, and so the barn will get pretty hot. I had to turn off the high alarms because I would just hear beeping from my tortoise barn. I'm like, I know it's 110 degrees out there. It's hot outside. Like the heater's not actually on, but the thermostat is just reading that the barn got too damn hot and it's, it's beeping at me from from my tortoise barn. So I turned the high off. But if you're doing it inside your house, then yeah, you, you probably want to have those high and low alarms on. And that's stuff that say like the Herbstat 6 and that, I mean, you're all covered with that stuff, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It has emergency um, shut off and stuff too. Yeah, because some of your other reptile thermostats don't actually shut off when they when they go over. They actually turn off. They they shut on in the on position, and they can just run full blast. Uh, it's stack. actually really annoying when you have lights set up to it, because if it goes even one tenth over um, the the temperature the whole thing shuts off so the light turns off and then it turns on and then the light turns off and then it turns on it's really freaking annoying <laughs> but i am glad that you know it has that that safety feature on it but it's like a freaking i don't know disco place in my room <laughs> when it goes off so i'm i'm about to use like halogen lights for the first time that'll be interesting yeah yeah, I don't know how uh, the whole the whole setup with the thermostats and stuff is going to work, but uh, it'll be a, a new experience. I have not yeah. used those ever. I'll, I'm interested to see if, because uh, it's going to be used for the olive python. I wonder if she will stay out more or maybe bask or do anything different. That's cool. Let us know. Yeah, just like with the uh, springtails. I was thinking about that. I'm like, he's going to uh, let yeah. everyone know on the podcast, and yeah. then I'm not going to listen to that one part of it or any of it because I'm an asshole friend, and, you know. 
I'm going to put those springtails in there. I'm, I'm going to put them in there. <laughs> I don't believe you anymore. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I, I did finally get to listen to podcasts on my flight Sunday. So I listened to yours with uh, Dominique, and that was a really good one. Thanks. Yeah, I thought it was a different perspective. I had fun. I'm glad she came on. Well, because she's, she's really active in all the chats and all the podcasts. So I, I kind of knew she was new-ish, but I didn't know how new. And then like her first snake being a green tree, I thought was crazy. But it Yeah, and like actually stuck with it. Well, I knew what she was getting into when her first snake was a green tree. It wasn't just a pretty green snake and then figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And she's just, um, I don't know if you've seen, I'm, I'm sure April knows I believe her and Carly started a group for like women herpers. If anyone else who's listening wants to join that. Yep. There you go, Justin. There's a group for women herpers. I, th- I think that's exactly during the podcast. I believe uh, Justin, <laughs> Justin actually made that, that joke against Jake. <laughs> Jake doesn't Rick. listen to podcasts. He'll never hear that joke. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think everyone, as far as podcasts go, you have to have a co-host that that doesn't listen to all the other podcasts. I think yeah. that's how I it goes. So Owen, Owen almost never listens. Eric listens to all of them. Yeah. Although lately, I've been it's been both of us. Like I haven't been listening to podcasts. I think this whole quarantine Corona thing has messed up a lot of people's schedule, yes. and therefore has messed up a lot of people's schedule until like when they listen to podcasts because it's so built into like your commute or, you know, say for me, it's usually like walking the dog or something like that. Um, but yeah. And so many people aren't commuting anymore. It's like, well, where like, do you fit them in? And reptile shows were canceled for so long. And I would listen to them on like the two or three or four hour drives to a reptile show. And so, and that's, that hasn't happened either. Although I did finally get to do a reptile show a couple weeks ago. And obviously my wife did one this past weekend where we ended up with a freaking <laughs> reptile gecko. Yeah, and I think um, my my buddy JT did a reptile show this weekend in PA, and um, I think all across it's been a, an interesting experience with, you know, I know at least at, at this one he said, you know, half of the people were kind of wearing masks, half weren't, you know, some were yeah. relaxed about it, some weren't, and it was kind of odd. But they did decent at the show, at least. I'm a horrible. That's I'm good. a horrible. I didn't wear a mask when I vented the show. Wait, when did you vent? Uh, Conroe, a couple weeks ago. Oh damn! So that was fifty percent capacity, right? Yeah, but that's still like fifteen hundred people at a time, and so oh, a lot. It would be hard to get to fifteen hundred people in that window. So I am not. I am officially not doing reptile shows for quite a while. April, you're in you're in uh, you're in this field, you're in the health field. How do you feel yes. about uh, reptile shows? Uh, are I, you doing I, any? Are you rushing to get to? No, I'm not rushing to get to any. I'm really not. Um, yeah, I'm I'm good with online sales for now. And I don't really have anything Look, that. No, I you're good online sales either. when they're like seven thousand dollars. My online sales aren't seven thousand dollars. My, I, have- I had, I have a range of prices for my sales. People, people I sold corn ordering, snakes. Okay, I sold corn snakes. My eighty dollars snake, seventy five dollars snake. When shipping I had is like the price of forty five dollar corn snake babies 
on Morph Market, okay? And they sold. So come I'm on. Now. I am surprised that Joe's able to sell corn snakes online and pay shipping and have to do shipping. That's because well, it's I mean, Joe. I'm not doing a lot of math. I mean, that's a it's it's <laughs> dissonance, right? It's like if if I don't if I don't do the math, then it doesn't exist. I'm sure I'm making money somewhere. I don't know. I don't know where. <laughs> <laughs> no, Maybe. Uh, there's definitely, there's definitely some animals that end up being like a wash. Like I just, I just sold like a pet only, um, $50 plus shipping type of thing. Um, now I've had this snake for a year because it had a kink and I wanted to make sure that it was good to go and that the quality of life wasn't going to be different for this animal than any other. So if I have a snake that like, has any type of problem getting around any mobility issues, even if it's like not technically what we consider in pain or something. I mean, I'm not going to sell that animal. That will be I, king snake food for lack of better words. I've got to ask Riley, how the hell did you get to this point in the hobby and not own a corn snake or be given? I one? Know. Or... I think he, he said never kept one. He's getting a corn snake this year. Randomly says he's never kept one. Wow. That's just I, not even, yeah. I well, guess you're going to love maybe it. Maybe you go king snake. Maybe that's what your your first animal is. What kind of corn are you getting? Are, are you, Have you picked one out or are you like in the process of trying to figure out which one you want? Basically, they're awesome. All of them. O- Okatees to me are the epitome of an amazing looking corn snake. That's the Everything one that cool. got out. Yeah, because you're not good at keeping corn snakes. Yeah, Not I mean, I've, ones, I've never apparently. had any corn snake get out ever. So <laughs> yeah, that's sure. weird that that's happened to you. Yeah, cor- corn snakes aren't known for escaping. That's weird, April. <laughs> Shut up. You start with the cow king and then jump to Morelia and alligators and venomous. Oh, that's yeah. A, great, that's a large jump. jump. Well, I don't know if anyone's ever noticed. Cow, well, cow kings, king snakes in general, pretty salty about king snakes. They're really, they're just so much work as I need My, Riley, Riley to know that albino snow thing is not a thing. It's either albino or it's well, snow. the snow is albino. It has albino. But yeah, but it's an anery. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't, but know, he doesn't, he doesn't know because he doesn't have all those morphs in his snakes. They do have snows. Yeah, in he Morelia. does. Yeah, he has a lot of morphs in his collection too. That's just like next, next level. The people who work with things like snows and stuff like that—they're cool though. I still love snow corns, and they're like I think my I, my snow corn was free. You know? I mean, they're so cheap; it's crazy. That's what when the, my corns had babies, I kept the snow snow motley is what I have, and I love it. It's a little sassy thing, but it's it's cute. It's gotten less sassy as it's gotten older, but still a little sassy. <laughs> I like snow corns. I, I like corn snakes. It's just like it's a lot of, for Joe. You have so many. It's it's a it's a lot of fast metabolisms and a lot of poop. A lot, a lot of poop. You can get them fat yeah. really easy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think people also feed them a lot. All right, get harder. You're gonna like the, I, it's it's a a salmon ghost or strawberry ghost is kind of the same thing. I have one. They're pink. You'll like that one. They're awesome. So what he's referring to would be like an anery strawberry, which would some people used to call coral ghost. Now you see. I don't know. You see that debated. It depends on who's telling it. Well, it's uh, you'll also see people refer to 
an Anery Hypo, which is regular ghost, with Red Factor as um, like a coral ghost or a salmon ghost. Probably more correctly, salmon. I would take mine out, but I'm pretty sure on camera it still wouldn't look pink because they never look pink. Probably not. Yeah. Never. No, I have like a pink and purple one that I swear is pink and purple, but no one's ever seen <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> That's how I am with, with like my corner. I took it out one day. I was like, oh man, this is awesome. I took a bunch of pictures of my phone and none of them look pink and I deleted all of them. I was like, fuck it. No one's going to believe me. And they're going to be like, how do you see pink in that snake? Because it's fucking pink. So Charles and and sorry, I didn't I didn't mean to shit on kink snakes that much, but Charles says, um, what's so bad about kink snakes? What's so bad about kink snakes is that I opened the tub to feed my eastern black kink snake and it came out and proceeded to chase me and bite me on the foot. <laughs> so that's what's bad about kink snakes. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have a bite. I wish I could see that. Just, just um, go running there in the itty bitty room. Trying. Well, oh it's happened goodness. once before, and there was a there was a chair, and I literally jumped on the chair and got away from her. The thing grabbed its, its tail and it, and it formed into a hoop, and it rolled down a hill, and it came after me. <laughs> yes, I did get chased by that cotton mouth. So that that legitimately happened, and I got bit on the fucking foot. Um, right? Did you have a camera filming that? Because that's amazing. <laughs> it was too bad. So embarrassing. It would have been so embarrassing. <laughs> like, uh, like retic owners out there, like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Well, it's like you know, so I'm, I'm not gonna feed with a fucking hook for some king snakes. You know, I'm not gonna. Yeah, but then again, like, I don't want it to latch onto me for a long period of time. So. That's also the thing is like I hate getting bit by them because for the most part they're going to hold on and be annoying. But I had that I happen with the corn snake once. Kings, really with the corn snake? Yeah, I was feeding them or cleaning them. I don't even know what I was doing, and it bit my pinky finger. And then you know, with them, it's just like whatever you'll let go eventually. So I was cleaning the rest of the cages with the corn snake attached to my hand, and then I noticed it. Like you know how they they move down the body of a mouse? It was moving down my freaking pinky finger, and it was getting ready to like try to swallow my pinky. So then I I got it off of me. But I was like, oh my goodness, savage! Did you see the picture I posted of my Indian sandboa the other day? It no like. It bit onto my. I was luckily I was wearing gloves because I was just going through quickly looking at a snake that I know bites, and then I got to that. And I was like, "Hey, let me take this snake out real quick," and he latched onto my finger and wrapped, and like started squeezing. I'm like, "What the hell?" So I just took a picture of it because it's hilarious. I'm like, "I'm glad I was wearing a glove because I didn't feel like getting bit." But these those are the same snakes I got in Tenley that I was like, "Man, these things are super calm. They're awesome." Yeah, apparently I, I was pulling mice out of the freezer. I mean, they were still frozen, but I guess the smell was enough in the room, and he was like, "I'm ready to eat." That's intense. Like most of my animals don't get crazy when I'm thawing rats out. Now I'm not going to like try to test that by any means, but you know, they don't seem to act more agitated or more to the front or anything like that. Even yeah. my retic really, but I'm not testing That's what's that struggling with this one. Cause with my, with those Indians, I've been surprised at how calm they are. Damn, I mean, mm -hmm. it it wasn't just a bite and let go. It was bite and he wrapped around my entire pinky finger uh, trying to kill it. That's funny to me. <laughs> it was funny because I was wearing a glove. I don't know if, how funny it would have been if I wasn't wearing the glove and then I couldn't get it off and I, his teeth were actually in my skin. I guess that's true. Yeah, it's annoying. I, like, got, I got someone's tooth lodged in me for a few weeks. Uh, I think it was I a feeding from an adult tooth. corn. 
Yeah, I have a two-fin in my thumb. Yeah. It just yeah, feels but, like a little tiny bump. It's not it's not like a bloods don't have big teeth, but still it's in my thumb. Yeah, but all the, the Facebook guys tell you that getting bit is the fun part. Well, it's a lie. I don't like getting bit. And I jump every <laughs> single time. When they strike at me, I jump like five feet like a little sissy lala, and it's just my reaction. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely like, the danger. When I'm like, I'm putting their water bowl back in, and then one will strike at me, and then water goes everywhere because oh, I, I jump. Hate that. I hate that. <laughs> oh, especially you've just like if it's only paper towel or paper or something, and you've just changed it out, and you're like, and you're like, no, shit, now I gotta change it again. <laughs> I just get it all over the floor. <laughs> so I get it. Yeah, I, I'm, I. I'm not one for getting bit, you know. I have, I have a very good flea response. When when shit happens, I'm leaving. I'm not staying around to get attacked. So like when a snake strikes, I'm pretty good at like pulling my hand back quickly and not getting bit. Yeah, I think it it happens infrequently enough for me to still be a little like freaked out when it happens. Yeah, Just exactly. For, for a nice reaction. Because most of the time I can read my snakes pretty well, so right. that's like a, a surprise sneak attack that I get sometimes. That's with the sambos. I just have to be careful and and first let them know I'm there, and then pick them up from the back end. And if they start flailing, I'm like, oh no, we're not handling you today. Because as soon as they start flailing, the next step is biting. And I'm like, I'm not getting bit, so I just put them back down. Yeah, I, I think just give I, me the side eye, and then their tongue comes out just a little bit and it sits there, and then they'll put it back in. I'm like, oh, this this is not good. <laughs> Close tub. Goodbye. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like people who have bloods are pretty attuned to the little things. So like, uh, you'll hear people say like their eyes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, you watch their eyes and then their tongue flicks and body posture. Those are their their giveaways. Yeah. See, I guess the the thing that I like the least about the animals that I work with is the musk, especially with like the oh. eastern rat snake, the western rat snake, and that stuff. It's one thing to get bit, but when you handle them, they musk, and it's really hard to get rid of that. Do you I just wear gloves? Baby. No, no. Come on. <laughs> just too easy. Too easy. No, I don't wear gloves. I don't wear gloves to clean or to hold. But maybe I, I've been thinking about it recently. Um, yeah. I had one baby Sambo out of my first litter this year. Just one that was an asshole and started biting like around week two, just every time he picked it up. And then it musked on me. I'm like, I've never had a Sambo a musk on me. It was the weirdest thing to have it do that and then start shitting and pissing. I'm like, the fuck is wrong with this snake? So I wholesaled that one. My buddy, I was like, yeah, you can get that one for cheap. Take it. Yeah, that's the thing that sucks when you have baby corn snakes. They all go to the bathroom on you and musk on you. Like you're just trying to to sex them and do all that. It's quite annoying. They shoot like with bloods, they'll shoot pee at you when they're babies <laughs> and you're trying to sex them. You need to wear like a shield. <laughs> Well, you have a face shield. So you have a face shield for coronavirus? No, it's because I sex blood pythons. <laughs> yeah, they're squirters. And then they bite like crazy too. So your my thumb looks like like a pin cushion, just of all the little holes. Yeah, but I mean it doesn't Matt, hurt. Little one teeth. of Matt Minotola's bit me at Tinley. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> you want to take that one home? No, that was not the one that bit me. The, the one that, the one I wanted to take home was his T positive albino. That one was super calm. It was awesome. And I'm, I still wish I would take it. No, I don't need them. Never mind. I don't wish I would take it home. I don't need them. Yeah, I had. Okay. Uh, I also I forgot to to add this to the king snake troubles. Um, <laughs> I had 
I had paired up my MBKs just a few a few days ago, really, maybe about a week ago. And I put the male in with the female. As soon as she saw him, just straight up bit him in the face. Oh shit. Did she just rap? like no, it was just a straight reaction, which is quite weird for a king snake. Usually they would rap just on instinct. Um, but she's usually pretty calm. So he just got a bite in the face. And then and then I was going to put him back and then I touch his tail. He starts rapping me. I'm like, fuck. As as soon as as soon as the animal, even though he doesn't see me, he'll start like constricting me like he's going to eat me. And then I know whenever he gets in contact with the next warm thing, he's going to bite it. And so I yeah, I ended up getting bit by him and putting him back. But <laughs> so yeah, that's King Snakes. So at the King beginning, I know snakes. we talked about what we had going breeding wise. So you're putting stuff together now, right? That's where you are with everything. Oh, I'm at the end. You're at the end? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That so, that was for a double clutch to hopefully save me from the disaster of the season that I've had with them. Missing windows, them just trying to eat each other. So and then I got, hmm. you know, the first two times I put them together. And since this isn't my female, I want to be more cautious. So yeah, the- they the they tried to eat each other twice. And then the other time were kind of weird. And then I was kind of spotty with putting them together because I was a little tentative and a little a little nervous. I thought, shit, these must be like two males by the amount of times that they've tried to eat each other. But it's not. She ended up laying slugs. And then, you know, I wanted to see if maybe I can double clutch her just to get something to say. I didn't completely strike out, but uh, I don't know. See, that's another thing about like keeping king snakes and breeding king snakes. Breeding any of the snake eaters would keep me paranoid all the time. Liasis, king snakes, any of that stuff. I'm like, yeah, I, I say that, although I did have one Sambo grab a male this year. Well, since I put the male in and it moved, she grabbed him and wrapped him and I had to separate him. But uh, that's the only time I've ever had that happen. Yeah, you truly have to watch them. I don't know how anyone, and I've seen people with big collections, they pair them and then leave. I mean, you must have to not care <laughs> who gets out alive because I've only bred I've only bred three pairs of king snakes, four pairs of king snakes, and out of all those pairs, there's been times where they've tried to eat each other. Like, anybody, and I think it's a timing thing, but maybe I just suck at it. Is anybody still breeding king corns anymore? Uh, my friend Clayton, Clayton Carlisle. See, that would scare me. Although I guess you have to have a really small male king to make it work. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly, but you definitely need to be really, really close with uh, with what's going on. Dude, I mean, Clayton makes some crazy, crazy animals. How do you get um, with, with a double clutching? Because my corn snakes will double clutch. But the second clutch is always mostly infertile. And I'm I'm never expecting it. So I feel like it takes a lot out of them body composition wise. Do you just like feed them more after they lay their first one? Like how do you, you know, try to account for that? Sorry, I was just answering Riley because he said some guy in SoCal always had wacky hybrids. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably Clayton. <laughs> but um, so the, the the second clutch is always worse, lower fertility and typically mm-hmm. lower yield. Uh, I don't I don't actually go for double clutches. So I typically don't have. I, I'll have like one or two clutches that show up that are actually fertile. Yeah, um, but that's really it. Because I, I don't pair again. Some people will pair again and do all that. Um, 
Did I miss the end of the question though? Because I kind of no. I guess like I mean more or less like if you have you had them double clutch? I mean like they laid a bunch of slugs basically. Did that take a lot out of your females when they did it that time? Because I had it where my female laid the first one and it was fertile. All of them are fertile. All of them are good. And then I didn't do anything different with her feeding or anything like that. And then when she laid the second one, she just looked so tiny and so little and they were all slugs, but you know, they still took a lot out of her, you know? So I just don't know how, how to go about fixing that, so to speak. I'm definitely pretty aggressive with trying to get females back up to size. And sometimes that does spur a second clutch, but I want to have that female as big as possible, as soon as possible. So that may be, that may be like feeding every four to seven days in the beginning and right after they lay, like I will give them a meal directly after they lay. So it's just important to stay on top of them pretty much no matter what, or else you have that second clutch and they look like that, then you're really scrambling to get it straightened out by you know october and then you got to start slowing them down in the fall right you don't want to you don't want to mess up your next season so you're always thinking about like the next season um yeah so just getting it i always give my females a year off so yeah i I give my my bloods get a year off just just because they have so much more body mass they need to put on and some of them do it pretty quick but honestly most of my females take forever to put their weight back on so and, and, and corns aren't really aren't an easy animal to say take this year off unless you stop dropping them down and even if you do that mm-hmm. sometimes they'll go so a lot of times yeah. it's like i just want to make sure that i have them good to go until they're you know until they're a bit older and they move on but that makes sense let's see with the live the live bears i want to give them a full year off just because it it takes a lot out of them to carry the babies and then have the babies even with like my sambos that can feed through the whole pregnancy so like that's still a lot because if you if you're looking at my two pregnant females right now, they are huge, and they will look much much smaller in a few days when those babies drop. And like, I don't know well, if I can get them back up fast enough and feel good. Yeah, and think about I mean, obviously you have a much longer period in which she is getting energy sucked away from her, you know, due to those babies. Mm-hmm. We have um, corn snakes actually, which is interesting because I'm coming up on this time now. They the females usually lay the second clutch just as the first clutch is hatching. So it's like shit just goes really, really fast. So you got to be really really fast about it. So what's your time frame from uh, mating to laying the eggs? How long is that process? I mean, at the most you're looking at pretty much a month. Oh, really? You're going to get a shed and then you can get some locks and then you can get another shed and then, yeah, yeah you're, see, like, you're looking for a month or two. My Samboas are carrying babies for like five months. Yeah. So that's a lot to try and turn around again. Yeah. And I mean, things like pythons, I mean, you guys have much longer period gestation periods than than I do with colubrids. Yeah, it definitely takes more than the, the 30 days. That's for sure. For yeah. me. Anyway, all mine take longer. But when you had that one lay like 15 eggs, which just seems like a lot to me. It's yeah, gotta, it's got to look. It's got to look very deflated after 15 eggs come out of it. I, I mean, I had one lay 17 eggs for me her first time, and and she looked like deflated, like she was wrapped around. And you, when you unwrap her, it looks like there's nothing inside of her. You know, like she's completely deflated. 
but you don't notice that so much when they're beehived around the the eggs until you yeah. actually take them off and you're like oh my gosh there's nothing left of you just crazy which is you, yeah so you, you get wonder, that crazy suction uh-huh yeah when you just wonder in the wild i mean they can't put weight on as fast as they can in captivity obviously they're not finding food that fast to put on the weight but they also can't stop a male from chasing them down and trying to mate with them either are they breeding every year in the wild or are do their bodies shut down enough not to make themselves have babies the next year lay eggs next year i have absolutely no idea <laughs> i feel like pythons are much more energy efficient in the way of like they're like oh there's not enough food this year let's not cycle i feel like colubrids will always cycle in comparison but it's like yeah how how do they find enough food to sustain themselves right after laying eggs it's crazy i mean because first of all i don't i don't know but i'm imagine wild bloods naturally aren't as thick as what yours are in captivity at breeding size right no they're actually pretty big are they like yeah i've seen i'm like in some facebook groups people from indonesia that uh show pictures like yeah i just caught this one you know last week or whatever and it's pretty fat pretty fat Maybe there's just a lot of food over there. They're doing really well for themselves. I actually um, started feeding mine a little bit heavier because of the body composition that I saw people's wild cots coming in as. So I started just to up it just a little bit. Not that much more, but just a little bit more. So what are you so. feeding an adult female twice a month or every three weeks? Uh, my adult females get twice a month. And then my males, I used to only do monthly and I'm putting them to twice a month now also. And that's just large rats is what I'm giving him. And then there's, there's, I have one male that blows up so fast and gets so fat so quickly on the same feeding schedule as everyone else. So I have to pay attention to him and I just won't feed him, you know, maybe every other feeding time I won't feed him. My carpet's like that too. And you keep both corns and bloods. It's gotta be just drastically different because I mean, corns with that super fast metabolism, you can chunk mice in there every week. No problem. I, mean, I know they can get yeah. fat, but I mean, but as long yeah, as I still feeding. feed them. Um, I feed them every two weeks and I'm not breeding mine. So I don't worry about any of that. Yeah. Um, and I feed them through the winter. I don't cool them down or anything specific, but I've never cooled them down even when I got eggs with them. So I don't know if my room just naturally went down enough for it to be considered their cooling period. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have to be really careful about my corns cause they get really fat, very, very easy. So they get yeah. smaller, uh, like large mice, but smaller of the large for my adults. And that's every two weeks. And they've been okay with that. I imagine corns that are related to the more Southern collected individuals when they were put out of the wild, don't need much of a cooling period. I mean, cause you're talking like Louisiana, there's maybe 30 days of it actually being cold. That's so, true. Yeah. It's different. weird. I've never really, I mean, yeah, for sure. And I think even if you're, if, if you're looking at, just captive individuals in general. So say ball pythons, now they're breeding all year round. And I think that's just kind of, uh, that's just us having them in captivity and being successful with them. So it's like how much is affected by that as well in corns in captivity. They just want to produce because they're getting hella good at producing in captivity. That's just how it works. And, and balls are doing it with like no cycling. Like you don't, you don't tend to hear ball python people talk about cycling because now you can just like, I put them together now and they had babies. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's something that, I mean, has always been going on in uh, 
for totally different reasons than things like green tree pythons. You pair those all up all year round, but for whatever reason, they just seem to cycle at all crazy moments. Um, so like, I think the reason you can probably do boas and stuff year round is just because of how close they are to the equator. There's not really a a season to, for them to cycle in the wild. They so they're just breeding whenever they breed, I guess. And I know a lot of those animals depend on like migratory patterns and stuff like that, especially yeah. your insular island boas and things like that. So I know people like Vin Russo are big on feed cycling and, you know, being really, really lean at some times of the year and being really on top of it. Others, um, which I mean, I employ with corns. I'm sure you guys employ in your own way. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, we, we kind of, most breeders do it without thinking it. We, we yeah. fatten our snakes up before we're ready to breed them. So food becomes very abundant right before we start to try and breed them because we're trying to get females up to size. Oh, my God. What Sorry. the hell? <laughs> my cat just knocked something off the, the counter and scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Are you good? Get a naked oh, cat, shit. they say. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. My heart's ball, back. Ball sacks roam in your house. Knock your shit over. <laughs> Now she's uh, pushing it around the kitchen tiles. That's great. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I'm, I'm woke up now. Well, <laughs> well, we've gone two and a half hours, so we uh, we did it. I can't believe we've gone two and a half hours. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how long was our podcast when we did? Did we we went over it was, two? Right. It was, oh, we definitely went over two. It's it's funny when you start a podcast originally. You're like. I don't know if I can talk for two hours about, you know, I'll do it for an hour. We'll just talk for an hour. And you've tried it before. It's, it's not possible. You get to talk about yeah. reptiles and it's like, yeah, time limits don't. We're two hours and 13 minutes. Or so, in our case, duck penises and duck penises. coconut crabs. And, you know, <laughs> I know we started off on a, in a weird way. <laughs> we, we, we got it back in though. So we're good. <laughs> yeah. We again, really reeled it back in. Again, all penis pictures need to be sent to April. And and she says she will take human pictures if they're really fucked up penises. Intriguing. So, in, <laughs> if, if it's an intriguing penis, and just because yours is too entertained, doesn't make it intriguing. I just I, I set up for terrible things. I'm going to share them all with you too, just so you know when I get them. I think no you matter, have to. Yeah, no yeah. matter what species it is, it's going to come <laughs> to you guys also. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, uh, look forward to that. Yay! Well, if they're if they're National Geographic type penises, I'll post them on our Facebook page so everybody can enjoy animal penises. <laughs> Maybe we'll make right, an animal penis a, collage. Yeah, that I'll seems like that needs to be a segment of your show. <laughs> this this week. Oh my gosh! <laughs> gosh, we seen? lose Carly and we lose animal facts, and then we come back and April brings animal penises. Animal penises. Don't <laughs> birds have weird penises? Oh my goodness! What? Hummingbirds. I have no earthly idea. For some reason, I, I think I remember hummingbirds having a weird penis. All right. Well, I, I don't want to talk about penises anymore, guys. <laughs> it's like, nope, we're on, we're on this now. Yep, this oh, is where man. we are. I am sorry for anyone. See, Darren, it might go till 2 a.m. Who knows? Okay, I don't know what you're looking at, but I don't think it's anything special. Um, <laughs> definitely small. Um, here's a goose. It's a hummingbird. Of 
Oh, yeah, I see, the, I see the picture where it shows duck, and goose, quail, and chicken. Yeah, but I can't find an actual hummingbird dinger. They're so small, they can't get a picture of poor hummingbirds. Those those poor female <laughs> hummingbirds. <laughs> Although I do have this uh, picture of what looks like a woodpecker, which they're calling a hummingbird, being ridden by some type of mongoose. I've, I've seen that picture before. Mink of some oh, sort. <laughs> I think that may be photoshopped. <laughs> I think it's real. It's on the internet. <laughs> if it's on the internet, it's real. A hundred percent. Oh, here's a leukistic uh, hummingbird. Oh, that's pretty. See, now we're the birding channel. <laughs> See, hummingbirds are legit. Hummingbirds yeah, are really one... cool. Yeah. If there's one thing, at least, that people feel is nerdy than people who look for snakes, it's definitely people who look for birds, right? What you need to do is look up hummingbird tongues. Look up a hummingbird tongue because it is the way it anatomically works in their body. It's it so weird. Skull. It goes around their skull. It goes around yeah. the top of their skull and wraps that's around cool. to the front. Like that's the weirdest evolution for your tongue to wrap around your head. So that's it ah. sticking out. Oh, look got... at the yeah, look at that yeah. picture right there. Get retracts yeah. into its brain. Isn't that crazy? Oh gosh, cat, come on. Also, here's a picture. I haven't seen one of these in forever. Have any of y'all ever seen the hummingbird moths? Nope, but I'm about uh, to. Probably at some point in my lifetime. I, I don't know the last time I saw one. Probably when I was oh, a good kid. lord. Those are a thing? Yeah, okay, no, I, I, I haven't remember seen the last that. time I saw one. But these I saw cool. a picture pop up and I was like, oh, yeah. The hummingbird moths. I remember moth? seeing one of the kid. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But it looks like a hummingbird. And it sounds it like really one, does. too. It makes, a, it makes the that noise. That buzzing kind of sound? Yeah. And, and it's throughout the U.S.? Uh, I can't imagine. So I saw him as a kid. I saw him as a oh, kid. Really? Yeah. Oh my I gosh! Going, like, yeah. I'd stay at my grandmother's house in the in the summers. And I remember seeing hummingbird moths. It looks like they're predominantly on the west coast. How did you not see them? I've never April seen month. one ever. That makes me really sad. I've I feel like I'm missing never out on seen life them and things. Definitely here. One of those little dots somewhere in Mississippi is where I saw them as a kid. Yeah, it's weird how they're kind of in scattered counties, it seems. But uh, they're cool-ass looking moth. I forgot all about them until I just saw one while I was scrolling through looking at hummingbird tongues. That one looks yeah, like a lobster butt. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it does have a little <laughs> lobster. <laughs> There's a lobster <laughs> tail. <laughs> also, his wings I'm... are see-through. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's cool. <laughs> This is look at awesome. that t- the proboscis on that thing. Oh, what a proboscis! <laughs> Check out that thing's proboscis. And so dirty. It's long and skinny. Well, anyway, yeah, Ryan has a good they, point. What Ryan said. What do you say? They must be dependent on a certain type of plant. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, or a very specific yeah, environment. Yep. That's cool. But like you were saying, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> if people want to listen to reptile gumbo podcast where can they find you guys uh well you can find us on instagram and facebook at the reptile gumbo podcast you can email us at the reptile gumbo podcast at gmail.com and then we are on apple podcast soundcloud spotify i think google it's been forever since iheart radio uh, we, we suck at instagram though so if you follow us on there 
you sorry, sorry. you won't see very much <laughs> my bad <laughs> Yeah, well, you terrible. guys are super active with like asking questions and stuff on Facebook, and it seems like That's you have strange. a bunch of active. <laughs> we'll we'll post an- animal penis pictures on Instagram. That's oh our Instagram goodness. will come animal penis pictures. That's terrible. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I veto that. <laughs> <laughs> but what if it's a really cool penis? No, I still veto putting that on our Instagram. <laughs> like, 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 like cat penises that have like the barbs on the end that make the other cats scream when they're doing it. Nope. Is that what you're into? Nope. No, but it happens. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. We'll pass. We'll pass. So yeah. What else do we? Our do Facebook group uh, is the best way to to really talk with us and interact, and then we bring up stuff that goes on in the Facebook group on the podcast as well. So we definitely yeah. do look at all the comments and all the stuff that everyone posts. And if anybody has a question that you want to ask the hobby in general, shoot us that question and we'll, we'll ask that question that week. It'll be the question we ask. It's uh, kind of the goal was really, again, for our podcast to be driven by listeners and not so much by us. And then uh, if you want us to get a hold of me, it's simply serpents uh, on Facebook or simply underscore serpents on Instagram. And hey, designer hey, exotics bro. for me. Bam. Bam. That's, all you, that's all you got. Designer yeah. Exotics, Plus, Instagram, yes. Facebook, all that stuff. Everywhere. Yeah. Just, yeah. just search Designer Everywhere. Exotics yeah. on the web. DesignerExotics.net. Nowhere also. else. Is, every, everywhere on earth it goes to her. Damn. <laughs> you heard it here first. You, website. you don't have a website. You don't have a website. Do you, does Simply do Serpents have a website? Yeah, do you have a website? Have I not? Simply Service does not have a website because those things cost was, money. I was gonna say I don't know Facebook until they keep me off of there. Yeah, you just gotta produce. I sell, sell seventy five dollars Samboas. I don't. That's true. <laughs> For the website, why aren't you pulling in profit? Well, I needed that website. Yeah, that's true. On a morph market, makes it kind of pointless for me now to have websites. All you yeah. gotta do is I can post pictures of stuff on. Yeah, I I have to make like thirty five dollars a month in order to cover my website. So all you need to do is produce 12 animals and then you can have a website. <laughs> I mean, for $75, no hopefully profit. you can make, yeah, hopefully you can make $35 a month. But Hey, we all have to make or, those choices. Or I can just use more market for free right now while it's free. While it's free. And you also got to like talk to a bunch of random people who I don't know I don't get much as cord snakes but I've heard in other aspects you get a lot of weird uh, people kicking around and asking you too many questions I imagine the ball python people get a ton yeah and it sucks for them because they're paying to be on there they're paying to have weirdos and send them messages <laughs> yeah yeah it's but not- every, everything I've put on there is sold pretty well very recently it's been kind of crazy yeah me too I'm very Great. Thank you, Morph Market. <laughs> you have helped me so. <laughs> I, I like it just because, I mean, I mean, King Snake died. I know it still exists, but no one's using King Snake. Well, and no one under the age of 60, but I mean, that's <laughs> some people's market. So us Colubrid folks can still use King Snake and Fauna and, and get away with it. Fauna still is fairly active. Like, at least I always check the, like the Samboas and like the Boa Constrictor ones. And that's fairly active stuff always to be on there. But I'll go over to uh, like Kingsnake and it's always just the folks that 
still like pay for banner ads. Those are the guys that still post on there. Yeah. I would think if, if you're moving, if, I see a lot of those, the big guys who have websites and just get people to their websites and they resell and retail a bunch of snakes. I see those guys typically on there. And I, I guess it's, they try everything and anything to get a customer. So it's probably yeah. worth it to them, maybe. I think King Snake is still going. Jennifer bought something. Where? Oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> but what did what, what did she buy? Like, I'm I'm curious because like I've looked on the Boa stuff, and there's really nothing ever new on that. Like, it's, it tends to be the like you said the the reseller wholesaler people, and that's about it. Yeah, uh, it's kind of. Uh, like, I used to live on that place on that site. For the most parts, hopefully, you need to get to a point where you can kind of rely on your relationships more than you can just like getting random, seeing random ads. Because uh, recently, I forget what the hell did I buy, but I was like, oh man, I haven't randomly just bought off anyone on the internet in a long time. This is kind of sketchy. Like someone who I did not know. She bought a. Female lavender anaconda hognose. That's See, cool and probably very it's, pretty. It's a colubrid. Colubrid folks are on on King Snake. Although those are kind of the hip investor colubrids these days. So, <laughs> or like the cutesy like pet tuber oh colubrids. Wait, 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 what was that again, Joe? The cutesy sound like a little like horse. The- Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know the like uh, show off my hognose collection pet tuber. Sorrel just got into hognoses. So yeah, he's is yeah, he a he's, pet tuber? No, he's not. No. He's just buying the high end stuff. <laughs> Trying yeah. he I don't I don't know what exactly he's his end goal is, but we'll be breeding hognoses. Imagine to breed hognoses would be the end goal. Yeah, I just I mean like I don't know like what look he's going for or anything. Look, like, well, the two things keep me from it. I'm talking about for it. One is the shit. I can't deal with shit. And I have gotten a little bit more nervous about the venom in a hog nose. Just because yeah. I've seen I've seen what it can do and I'm like I get that most people won't have that happen, but that is kind of scary. I saw April get bit by a beak snake. <laughs> yeah. Fine, so I'm not worried anymore. <laughs> yeah, I still, I'm good. It, actually it was it was sort of the touch for a good couple of days. It's an interesting experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's why it's like, yeah. Any don't inject anything into your body that, you know. That's a good rule of thumb. It's a really a good rule of thumb. And that ex- that really goes to any type of venoms, whether rear fanged or not, regardless. You know. Or drugs, either way. Or intravenous most things. <laughs> Most that. So that that was your lesson for the whole podcast. The two and a half hours. If you haven't learned anything, it's don't inject things into your body. Yeah, it's pretty fair. And, then, and now a little rainbow goes across the screen. The after school special. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys want to find me, Port City Pet on Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Blah blah blah. Yes, don't self envenomate either, Ryan. <laughs> Uh, he's, he's becoming immune to those retics. Yeah, this, this seems like a real person who lives in the woods of Kentucky thing to do, though. So do you, boo boo? <laughs> drink bourbon and self envenomate. That that does seem right up his alley. Yeah. So poor city pet, all that good stuff. 
whatever you know where to find me thank you guys so much for listening go check out reptile gumbo podcast and thank you james and april for hanging out bye thanks thank you bye